Hey y'all, this is Friends Off Topic. Every week we release an episode about a movie chosen by you guys, our listeners. Every Tuesday we have our movie voting up on our Facebook page, Friends Off Topic Podcast. Spoiler alert, we retell the movie working in facts about the actors, trivia about the movies, lots of off-topic things that we find interesting, or rabbit holes and deep dives that we go down while researching the movie. Send us questions and comments to friendsofftopic at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. We love to hear from you, and we do shout-outs to our participating audience members. We get our facts compiled from Wikipedia, IMDb, that's the Internet Movie Database, actor interviews, director commentary, and if it's from somewhere else on the Internet, we will let you know our source. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Get out your purple eyeshadow, weird camera angles, and, well... You're only going to need one shoe, but it's okay because you will not see that coming. Definitely not. <laughs> Had y'all seen this? Everybody saw it, right? Before? Yes. I have saw Saul. You saw I saw it? Saul. You saw it. I saw it at the movies. I want to play a game. I don't remember where I first saw it, but I do remember it being mind-blowing. Well, I went into it with someone that we all know to see it, and uh, he said... You're never going to guess who the killer is. <laughs> but I wasn't jaded like I am now yeah. about twists. <laughs> what a twist. No spoilers, though. We'll save those for when they come. Because it's it hasn't been 20 years. We're definitely yeah. probably going to spoil it. I think I think 10 came out 20 or 21 years. Because 10 came out this year, right? Yeah, I don't know. Or is coming out. Did it already come out? It came out. So it came out in 23. Yeah, so 20 years later. Yeah. yeah. So, what are we going to start with? The writer? The synopsis. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every I'll, fucking time. It's, a, it's been a while. Saw, so, 2004, <laughs> one hour and 43 minutes, rated R. I watched this on Amazon Prime, correct? Me too. Okay. It's on Pluto TV and Roku Channel also. So, photographer Adam Stanhite and oncologist Lawrence Gordon regain consciousness while chained to pipes at either end of a filthy bathroom as the two men realize they've been trapped by a sadistic serial killer nicknamed jigsaw and must complete his perverse puzzle to live flashbacks relate the fates of his previous victims meanwhile dr gordon's wife and young daughter are forced to watch his torture via closed circuit video is it via or via i think i always said via i say via Hmm. tiebreaker (laughs) what do you say I say via. Hmm. Oh, cool. Hmm. It's like Mott. <laughs> I actually didn't know the pronunciation of that, though. There is a, a few things that... What it... Ha, ha, homage. Are you okay? <laughs> I was trying to... Re- I learned the real way to say it. I heard yeah. it said the other way. She had a stroke just now. Homage. Homage? I, I looked at it and I was like, homage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I remember. I remember that now. <laughs> this movie is disturbing, graphic, and brutal. It is. It is disturbing. It's a lot. So now, like, watching torture, scary stuff like this, and, like, anything where they hurt animals or kids, like, I'm just too sensitive for it. But, like, this movie, it's, like, funny to me, the stuff happening. Oh, yeah. In a little little bit of a way. Like, some of it. Some of it's truly fucked up. Both of the hosts have had a stroke. And I'm the only one here now alive. Oh. <laughs> Get ready, because 
I'm out of practice. Same. I was like nervous a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we a little bit. Out. A little bit. We just dipped out. Uh, the for rates. The holidays. IMDb seven point six out of ten. Tomato meter fifty percent. Audience score eighty four percent. I didn't hear any of that because all I could think about was how you said rates instead of ratings. Sorry, I put rates in my notes. <laughs> Ratings. <laughs> like how Excuse much they go me. for an hour. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Budget one point two million with the worldwide growth. Should have made fun of me. Worldwide gross of a hundred and three million, and according to BBC, this is one of the most profitable horror films of all time. How much was the budget again? One point two. The new Indiana Jones came out, and it was three hundred million to make, and it did not make that no, much. No, it made three sixty nine. Oh. And I was like, what'd they spend the money on? Like, everything is green screens now. Mm-hmm. Like, in Saw, they really had to do stuff. Yeah, I, after knowing what I know, I was truly amazed at what they did get done in yeah. a short amount of time and with the budget they had. Like, they really did a, a lot. Yeah, it was filmed in 18 days. In a warehouse. Yeah. Like, they couldn't even afford outside scenes. Oh, really? Everything was done in the warehouse. Ah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I saw that James Wan, he wanted the camera movements to reflect the two main characters' emotions and personality. He filmed Dr. Gordon with steady controlled shots and Adam as handheld shots to capture their emotions of the situation. In order to make the actors feel what the characters were going through, all the bathroom scenes were shot in chronological order. No, that's cool. I read that they didn't get to practice those at all. No. Because they did everything so quickly. In fact, what I had read was after they shot everything they shot, they realized all they had were the practice shots. And they literally, like in six days, had to cut it down to make a movie. Oh, wow. With what they had. I saw they had to go back. It probably pops up later, the rest of the notes on it. Had to go back and film a lot of scenes mm-hmm. with Lee Wanel. Wanel, I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. I was going to say Wanel. That sounds right. Wanel. Yeah. Uh, Danny Glover did all his scenes in two days, and Shawnee Smith, the Amanda character, did all hers in one. With a uh, 104 degree fever. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, I did read she, she was battling sick, the flu. But I didn't know what she was sick with. The flu. Oh, I can't do anything when I'm sick. Anything about a sequel? Uh, there's, there's tons. Fucking ten of them. <laughs> okay. Sequels and books. Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, Saw 5, Saw 6, Saw 3D, Jigsaw, Spiral, Saw 10, Saw 11, September 2024. Oh, snap. Oh, I did see that they're coming out with a new one. Saw 0.5. I do remember Short Spiral. <laughs> That, that one had spiral. Chris Rock in it, yeah. right? Yeah. Really it weird. weird. It was I, weird. I, I saw like that. I, said, I remember it. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, what's he doing in yeah. there? Why? I saw that part of the reason Carrie Elvis wasn't involved in any of the movies until Saw 3D was because he had to file a lawsuit because he only got a nominal salary with back-end revenues. He was supposed to get 1% of the profit, which was going to be quite a bit since this was $100 million globally that mm-hmm. they made. And they settled it out of court. And he stayed out of the movies till Saw 3D. Damn. He was and, a little salty. Yeah, salty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, <laughs> Saw 2 got approved for production the weekend that this movie opened. Oh. So they saw saw the big money. They saw yeah. it. Yeah. They saw it. 
keep a tally somebody of how many I don't times want to. I did say that. I did want to know how many times I heard I'm going to kill you. Oh right. Oh really? I didn't so notice many. that. All right, so the director James Wan, he did Insidious, The Conjuring and All the Saws. Uh, the writers, Lee Wan-El and James Wan, who both did Insidious Upgrade and The Invisible Man. I only write three down because I feel like it's too much to write more than that. That's fine. I agree. So I read that James Wan was not paid a single fee for his um, movie, but instead received a percentage of the movie's profits. Oh, I think sometimes you make I think more that's like that. smart. Yeah. It said that um, on Looper.com, some of the inspiration for the movie, did y'all read anything about this? Yes. You want to tell us? What I got was the concept of Saw is rooted in reality with writer Lee Wanell taking inspiration from a real life hospital experience when developing the character of John Kramer, aka Jigsaw. What was the hospital experience? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Yeah. Well, I read that Juan said he was inspired by a real-life criminal case he heard about when he was 17. The case involved a serial offender who broke into people's houses to tickle their children's feet. I think I've heard of that. That is terrifying. I I couldn't find anything about it besides it saying it on looper.com. It's weird. So there was one that you could pay for to read an article, but I was like, I'm not paying to read this. Yeah, no. So So Juan L., he... He had like something going on with his brain or something. So I remember him thinking he had a tumor. Like whatever it was, he thought he had a tumor. But it's not And a then tumor. it wasn't a tumor. Oh, I got it. And he ended up um like what would somebody do? Joel knew I had those notes. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> oh, I was I laughing he at made my that joke. face oh, at me. You didn't hear my joke. Was I right? Did he actually think he, he had a tumor okay, or something? Okay, he came up with the idea of giving John Kramer a brain tumor yeah. while spending time in a neurology ward for anxiety and headaches. Mm. He said that undergoing numerous tests and expecting bad news made him reflect on his own mortality. And he used this experience in creating a character who had only a few years left to live. Gotcha. No, I was laughing at my joke about a tumor. I didn't hear it. Did I know what you said? Do you want to hear it? Yep. (laughs) Because it's not a tumor. (laughs) <laughs> How does you know, this speaking keep of happening? kindergarten cop always that's that. out right now this is a literally know? always no, let's is. find something that is related to kindergarten cop <laughs> and go with it it's my goal it is streaming i don't remember where but it is streaming she right doesn't now. need to know okay uh, wait till you hear about my it. fan theories and what i talk about later oh boy edge of your seat you can't wait back to the ratings um i read about siskel and ebert but it wasn't Siskel and Ebert for this one anymore. It was Ebert and Roper. So this was on their episode of the worst movies of 2004, along with... That is absolute trash. That's trash. The worst movie? Yeah, there's no way. This is a, this is a very good movie. And it's it was like the first of its kind where all of this fucking crazy shit happens at the end. You're not expecting any of it. I thought it was it was really creative and there was a lot of reveals in the movie that I thought were pretty good even besides the ending. Dude, at the end I was just flabbergasted. Flabbergasted, mind blown, <laughs> anything else that you can think of that astonished. Yeah, all of those things. Wowed. I was. So this along with White Chicks and The Grudge where he said that in The Grudge every character sticks their body parts where they hear a scary noise and you shouldn't do that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and 
White Chicks is terrible. Yeah. And they said it was, this movie was trying to mimic Seven and the jagged timeline was ridiculous. The red herrings and the twist ending that defies all logic. Along with Alexander and Troy were some of the worst movies. Hmm. So, I haven't seen Alexander those, so I can't and Troy say. were not great. Yeah. I can't say. Do we want to discuss 2004? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. So, these notes came from thepeoplehistory.com and hobbylark.com. This is when the Janet Jackson breast incident occurred. The titty. The titty. That tit. I saw it when it happened and like I didn't even really get it. I didn't know what had happened either. I was like, well, she had like a big metal thing. Fucking is that mad moms everywhere. <laughs> it, it just, it looked like she had on a pasty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, what happened? That one nipple enraged yeah. so it's many called nipple gate. Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So that was whenever gassed cost $2.10. Still better than now. Income was $45,000 a year. A loaf of bread was $2.09. A dozen eggs were $1.49. Not no mo. Not no mo. Five pounds of white potatoes cost $1.99. You can get them for like $2.99 now. Every now and then you'll get a good sale of Kroger. I don't even think I look whenever I buy potatoes because it's a whole bag of potatoes. You're going to use them anyway. We normally just get them in our box. Oh, what's that? Every plate. Nice. Every plate Hashtag, if you want to sponsor us every plate, I'm about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buy your shit every week. Every week. So, you want to hear some popular films? Mm-hmm. Go back in time? Nope. Shrek 2. <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Don't Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Which oh, is, yeah. what, the fourth one? I have no idea. I don't know. I think it's the third one. You should both be ashamed Somebody of Somebody is enraged. I don't. Did you read the books? Yes. I did not. Well, aren't you should be telling us right. which one it is. It's the. I just watched the Sorcerer's movies. Stone, Chamber of Secrets. Mm. You booted out of the fan club. Something, <laughs> prisoners, uh, prisoner of Azkaban, which the Goblet is, of Fire. Which one is Harry Potter in? <laughs> <laughs> just the first, just the first one. Not oh, any, good. My, no spoilers. <laughs> hey, audience members, I am not allowed to eat during these podcasts anymore. We're gonna cut that part out too. No, don't cut it out. They all need to know. It's, it's flat. <laughs> nobody will know you're all alone (laughs) this is when martha stewart was convicted of a felony and sentenced to five months in prison hardcore snoop dogg best friends now what oh snoop dogg's best friend uh this is when scott peterson was found guilty of the murder of Lacey peterson fuck yeah he was i remember you know they have stuff online like theories you can read about i know i've already listened to the podcast I yeah. love going down those black holes. Some of them are I don't have time for rabbit holes. Yeah, rabbit holes. I can't ever call it the right thing. You can call it a black holes. hole if you want to. That's a dark black hole, hole. Black hole. Michael and Madison were favorite baby names. Who? Michael and Madison. All right. We know a Madison. When was Madison born? <laughs> December 31st. You don't know what year? Dot, dot, dot. Was it around 2004? <laughs> I know a couple of Madisons. later. Yeah. She just turned 20. No, she just turned. I don't know. Math. Jeez. <laughs> this is when suede boots and red eyeliner were fashion trends. Ew. I, I don't remember, remember that. Everybody you was do? running around looking like pink eye. Oh, I do not that remember that. That was when very that. pale makeup was mm-hmm. in. Is that when they had the beige lips? I hated that. Yeah. Somebody needs to tell my Everyone sisters that it's dead. not in anymore. Are they, oh, are they wearing red eyeliner? Pale makeup. Oh. 
Sheila might just be what they anymore. already have. Because yeah. Sheila doesn't wear makeup anymore. I don't know if Sharon does. I'm pretty sure my foundation is the wrong shade. I got to use it till it's all gone. It's winter time. You don't know mm-hmm. how that goes. <laughs> uh, Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook from a Harvard dorm room, and Google introduced the free email service Gmail. The most popular web browser was Internet Explorer. This is when 33 million people watched the final episode of Frasier. The Da Vinci Code was the most popular book. They just started that again. Da Vinci Code? Frasier. Oh, like with new characters or like... uh, Same characters. They're doing that with a lot of shows now. They go back and reboot. I guess because they're so popular still, they were like, well, let's maybe help the fans out and remake it. I wish they'd do that with Grounded for Life. I wish they'd do that with Friends Off Topic. (laughs) (laughs) Bring us back. Bring it back. Uh, American Idol was the top TV show. I watched like maybe one season of that. Yeah, I think I got into it for a season or two. And then that was it. it. I think I watched some of the first one. I watched The Voice more. Mm-hmm. Anything that required me to keep up with their schedule is a no. Yeah. <laughs> that was when you had to catch it on TV too. Yeah. Unless you had the mm-hmm. recording cable. Mm-hmm. What do they call that? V- no, what was it? DVR. DVR. Yeah. I didn't have it, so I, I don't know. Same. So this I thought was funny. This was a 2014 Pop Sugar article, and it was titled, I Bet You Can't Believe This Happened 10 Years Ago. Uh-oh. So it came out in 2014, so uh-huh. now, it's, now it's 20 years ago, so I thought that was funny. Benefer called it quits. <laughs> Transparent sunglasses. You'd wear them to Cancun and be on MTV Spring Break. The series finale of Friends. The lip sync incident on SNL. Mm-mm. I remember that. What? You don't remember that? Mm-mm. What was her name? Yeah. A- Ashley, Ashley Simpson. Simpson. Oh, no. Oh, you'll have to Google that. it, please. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's wonderful. Napoleon Dynamite had a cult following, and this is when Lindsay Lohan performed her hit Rumors on MTV's Iced Out New Year's Eve special. Oh, shake it on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big song. So, right into the movie. Always. Always. How long has it been? 20 minutes. All right. Oh, great. Not terrible. We hadn't seen each other in six weeks. Yeah. Well, it's not bad. A lifetime. (laughs) So, we start off hearing water trickling, and we see a guy's face underwater with a little light floating around him. He wakes up in the water, and it looks like something floats down. I'm not sure what it is right now. Stay tuned. And I was thinking, wow, this movie is really dark. Foreshadowing. Yeah. (laughs) And very blue. It looks like he's in a tub with some tile behind him in a very, very dirty bathroom. You'll find out just how dirty later. He falls on the floor and we can hear a chain rattling. The opening scene of Adam in the bathtub with the blue light floating over him was the very first scene shot on the very first day of filming. Awesome. He starts calling out, someone help me. Is someone there? And then we hear someone say, you're not dead. And he says, who's there? Turn on the lights. The other guy responds, I would if I could. Bathtub guy yells, what is that smell? The other guy says, hold on a second. I think I found something. And he cuts all the lights on. Some blinding lights cut on. It's a lot of those old overhead lights. Some of them are broken, like the fluorescent kind that hang down from the chains. Those lights give me headaches. Yeah. I can just see them flickering. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they make me think of like garage lights. Yeah. School lights is what I think of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We see a very sweaty (laughs) Carrie. Is that how I say it? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't there's somebody like who does somebody, I think the Kardashians do that <laughs> meow is that how I say it for real you just did yeah. I don't know if you always do it oh god I got some bad habits <laughs> I cackle like a, a witch bad habits lead to you <laughs> oh I like that song so do I <laughs> We see a very sweaty Carrie Elwes. I don't know. He was yeah. on another podcast, and I'm trying to remember. That's well, how you said it last time. Yep. What movie was it? Uh, Princess Bride. What? No, we didn't no, do we didn't Princess do Bride. One. Oh, a movie we did. Let me know. If well, don't maybe think we of just it. talked about him. No, was he was he on it. One? He wasn't on it. We haven't done that many fucking. I know. Episodes. Isn't it sad Jesus. that we don't know? You think we haven't? And then I look at my notes. You take aggressively. <laughs> to what's the word? Um, thorough, meticulous, thorough. Fucking not thorough. It's unnecessary. Aggressively unnecessary notes. Oh god, everything's necessary. No, it's not. So I guess they both woke up at the exact same time somehow, or was Elvis like awake for a while? I think he was. He sounded like he was already awake. That's interesting. He was just sitting in the dark, like fuck. Am I gonna do? Yeah, like (laughs) why didn't he find the light sooner? Maybe he didn't even know there was anybody else in there. I still feel like I dressed. I feel like he would have been screaming. I also don't understand. Like they must have woke each other. He's been under the water for how long? Yeah, that's a good question. He woke up under under the water. He might have just slipped under. That's true. But if I have fallen asleep in the tub, and I've been like right here with the water. Oh, that's scary. And I feel like I would wake up if I ended up under the water. I've seen it. Yeah, she's <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, bro, are you, what are you doing? Are you alive? <laughs> why are you in? Why are you asleep? But he was drugged, asleep, yeah. drugged. Like he wasn't just asleep. Yeah, but like your it's brain plot still hole. takes over. Plot hole. It's still a plot, <laughs> it's a plot hole. hole. You still can't breathe. Water. It's a plot hole. No, a plot hole. <laughs> yeah, it is. All how right. Did, how did that happen? Look, they only had 18 days to figure this shit out. So I feel like, how would you feel if you woke up in that bathroom? Would you be like mad or upset? I would be freaking out. Freaking yeah, out. It's dark real. and I'm in a bathtub almost drowning. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. so gross. <laughs> like I wouldn't even want to breathe the air in there. And I can only imagine what it smells like because with all that just pigs, dead people, guts, yeah, hanging out. I feel like under I the would lights. wake up and be so upset that I would need to do do immediately. Think that- <laughs> it's a bathroom. Perfect place. But did you see that toilet? What if you did? No. What do you do? Because, no. If I had to doo-doo, it's mm-hmm. going. But so, but would you need to doo-doo because you're full of no. the drugs that block you Let up? Let me tell so. you, my body would be like, no. No doo-doo? No doo-doo. Yeah. No. <laughs> you not would not with, do it. No. I doo-dooed how, in jail okay, first in front off, of a bunch of people. Like, I got how it. Long? I can do How did this. that work? It's the first time. Unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone. For everyone. <laughs> Do you try to muffle it or do you just No, I was just like, whatever. I gotta poop. Did they watch you? No. She started invading my bath time with her pooping. I've heard of married people doing that. I'm not there yet. She does it on purpose. We have one bathroom, you shit dick. What am I supposed to do? Hold my poop? If you had two bathrooms. Not holding. Fuck off. (laughs) Go bathe outside. (laughs) If you had two bathrooms, that would be a very interesting problem. Yeah, no. We only have one, which is yeah. why I have to poop while you're in the bath. Always. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's not really always. Every bath. <laughs> oh, whenever uh, I was thinking about it, whenever he mapped all this out to get them in there, 
he must have mapped out one person being able to reach the lights because otherwise the whole thing is just kaput. It's just kaput. Yeah. If he can't reach the lights. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They discover there's a guy with a gunshot wound and a huge puddle of blood in the middle of the room holding a tape recorder and a gun. The guy with the dark hair throws up and they both try to go towards the guy in the middle of the room. But we see, oh dear, they both have chains around their legs. The dark-haired guy screams for help. His chain is attached to a big giant pipe. It's a very heavy chain. Blue shirt guy is pretty calm. He's a doctor, he says, and tries to get the other guy's name. My name is very confused, bathtub guy says. Justin said, why was the other guy so entitled that he had to already announce that he's a doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's a doctor. Yeah, He's a god complex. So we see the chain around their leg is a big cuff. Dark hair guy tries to get it off. Blue shirt guy asks if he recognizes the dead guy. And do you Like, how the fuck would you? Yeah, he's face mostly hidden. Yeah. And covered in blood. Oh, yeah, that's Jerry. By his underwear. (laughs) (laughs) I know those underwear anywhere. I know those blue boxers anywhere. I know that shit stain. (laughs) He says, do you have any idea how you got there? He's trying to figure out the last thing he remembers. The dark hair guy says the last thing he remembers is his shithole apartment. And then he woke up in this new shithole. (laughs) Doctor guy says... What he remembers is, there's not much to tell. He was leaving work and he doesn't remember anything else. Shithole apartment guy says, that's the first dead body I've ever seen. Shithole apartment guy is convinced that their kidneys have been cut out. And doctor guy says, you'd be in terrible agony or dead by now if they did that. Trust me. He's a doctor. (laughs) He says, what are you, a surgeon? And he says, yeah. Doctor is still trying to get the other guy's name. We learn it's Adam. Dr. Blue Shirt says, Well, Adam, what we need to do is start thinking about why we're here. Whoever brought us here could have killed us by now, but they didn't. They must want us something. Must wanna. Wanna wanna. (laughs) They must want something from us. The question is what? And I'm like, this is not how this would go down. No. There would be so much more panicking and screaming. First off, when Adam says his name's Adam, the way he says it, it's like, is that really your name? Yeah. You know what I mean? But then when you, I don't know if you look to see what it's, because when you look on the um, IMDb, Mm -hmm. it has his name as just Adam. But when you go through researching, his name's Adam Faulkner Stanheit. (laughs) Why put that much into a last name that's never used in the movie? It's got something in there. I don't know. <laughs> Some reason it relates to something in his life. Some, it must come out in two or three, I guess, because they I tried to read about the sequels. I saw a couple I of them, but not I do to not get remember into them. any of them because I would only confuse myself. Yeah. They have very cool death scenes, though, in all of them. Yeah. So I came across a Saul wiki that lists like all the deaths, <laughs> who they are. What's so fucking funny? Well, she's oh, birding me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it lists like all the Was victims. That a fart? It yeah, sounded like it for sure. Bro. I scratched my chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she scratched her chair. So, anyways, it lists all the victims, how they died, like why they died, like all that. Don't look at my armpits; they're real hairy. 
Don't <laughs> say, don't it? say, don't look. Did y'all both see it? Because I'm going to immediately faces. look. No, I'm trying not to no, look. I, I tried was... to look. Oh, good. Oh, I was okay. staring off in the distance. Somebody tells me don't look. I'm just like, look at a random spot on the wall. There's not as much <laughs> here as there could be because I've zapped it a lot. But what's there is braidable. That's debatable. Wonderful. I do. <laughs> I love that. You love braided pit hair? Yeah. Okay. It's my favorite. So Lee Wanell is Adam. He was in the little short saw prequel, whatever. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All the insidious movies. He was Speck the Assistant. I had to Google it because I was like, I don't remember him being in those movies at all. And I don't remember Speck the assistant. That's no. the little dude with the. Yeah, Adam. he's the assistant. The, she has two assistants. I didn't remember them at all. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. I do. Well, good job. Yeah, I'm fucking cool. He was also in <laughs> Saw 3 as Adam again. Did you see that? Saw 3? Yes. That is the one where he dies. Oh, uh, okay. I Googled a little of yeah. it to kind of catch Wait, myself I just up. remember he dies in the third one. Good job. Well, he did fucking, fucking monster. Does. Oh, my gosh. Terrible. We're on the 11th. Did we catch give a, up? Did we get a spoiler alert? <laughs> We're not on the 11th yet. It's only, it's only 20 years ago. I know. Let's see. He did the short film, and he really had to put a bear trap in his mouth to do it, as far as what I read on Google to check it. He was a member of the unofficial Splat Pack, a term coined by film historian Alan Jones in Total Film Magazine for the modern wave of directors making brutally violent horror films. The other Splat Pack members are Alexander Aja, if that's how you say it, Daryl Lynn Booseman, Neil Marshall, Greg McLean, Eli Roth, James Wan, and Rob Zombie. Hmm. He was also the writer on the Insidious movies, and he helped write a movie called Cooties. I want to see it. I didn't even know he was a writer on Insidious. That's what it says. Oh, I, you didn't know that? No. <laughs> so crazy how I said that earlier. I know. I, I wasn't didn't know listening. that. You rambled like 16 movies. I rambled I three movies, all. and I said, I only say three movies because I don't want to go more than right. that. Uh-huh. So... Director James Wan and Lee Wanell wrote the script and submitted it to their manager. The manager then sent it to an agent in Los Angeles who summoned the two of them for a meeting. They were encouraged to shoot a scene from the script as a short film. They shot the scene with the reverse bear trap with Lee Wanell in the trap instead of Shawnee Smith. After shooting the scene, they submitted the scene to numerous studios. This resulted in being hired by Lionsgate Films. Uh, to help the co- sell his concept for the film, Lee Wanell shot a scene in which he appears to be ensnared in the reverse bear trap. There were no visual effects involved, and he actually had to place the teeth of the reverse bear trap in his mouth to make it seem real. Scary. Nay, nay. I think I read that they took the spring out of it to make it safer. I would hope so. Let's, yeah, let's hope. Well, if it's already sprung, if it's closed. Yeah. The spring has sprung. Yeah. (laughs) Pull it open. I don't know. I've never touched a bear trap. As well as playing Adam, he also played Sing during reshoots when Ken... Long, Lung, Ling, Lung. They all sound right. <laughs> was unavailable. He also played Shawnee Smith's hands when she's digging through pig guts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I saw that she didn't sign up to do the movie until she saw the short. Like, I think she turned it down first. Mm-hmm. And then saw the short. Yeah, I she's read so that, busy with other work. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what I read he in? had such a crush on her, though. And, like, he really wanted her for that part. But 
he was super duper surprised when he found out that she actually took the part. Super duper. Super duper. I love it. I just think it's cute. He had a crush on her. It is cute. And that's how she got the part. <laughs> Wish people would give me jobs. Right. <laughs> for being cute. Oh, shit. So he helped write a movie called Cooties. This is vital information. It's on a- HBO Max. It has Elijah Wood in it and Rain Wilson, you know, from The Office. It's a horror comedy with unexpected laughs and unapologetic thrills. When a cafeteria food virus turns elementary school children into killer zombies, the group of misfit teachers must band together to escape the playground carnage. I thought wow. it sounded funny. That does sound fun. So. Zombie kids. So. Very important. Mm-hmm. You could hear Carrie Elwes' accent come through sometimes when he's talking, when he says, a tot thinking about Did he what? Oh, let her continue, though. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it how he said it. Your notes are the best. About? We are thinking about why we're here. That's what he said. (laughs) I wrote it how he said it. Why will he'll. I can't say it how he did, but, uh, you know, watch for that part and you'll hear his accent. Please don't through. cut that out. <laughs> Leave that in. Leave it. Uh, he also points out the clock, how it's new. They want them to know. It's like an escape room. But instead of clock, he said clock. I wrote that down, too. Okay. <laughs> Good notice, cool. bro. All right. Adam starts reaching into his pants. I'm thinking that oh. he, he's about to go potty. I was like, wow, you're just going to go right for it. No excuse me or anything. What would be the purpose of this giant bathroom? And what kind of place would have this giant bathroom? I really wanted to know. A warehouse. Oh. For <laughs> someone who needs a big bathroom. Yeah. I need a better explanation than that. I well, do too. They, they came across later and they tell you what kind of warehouse it was. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was the mannequin thing. Yeah. It was a mannequin warehouse. But what do you need a bathtub for? Why do well, you need a bathroom a, that looks like that? It was, well, I'm sure they probably had a lot bigger, a lot more toilets and shit in there. I don't know. What I have no need, clue. Let's go, expert. The bathtub. Maybe prior to that, it was a psych ward. I don't know. And it already had the double mirror in it? Yeah. Two-way mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Plot holes. And they shocked people in there. The guy who owned the warehouse was like, don't you want to go take a bath while you're at work? <laughs> and then he would sit behind the double mirror. Oh, and everyone would Two-way watch. mirror. Ooh, right, gross. Crystal? It's yeah. important. It's icky. <laughs> I'm very busy right now. Adam finds a note labeled Adam in his pants and a tape. Adam says that the tape says, play me. And now Lawrence finds one also. It doesn't actually say play me. You know, tapes can't talk. <laughs> This is when I wanted to know if this was like... Oh, when was this on purpose? Is this when escape rooms were invented? Probably. Oh, that makes good, sense. Good notice. This is, uh, I mean, it literally just says, oh, look, an escape room. Oh, I know. But I'm saying, like, do you think that because of this movie, that's why they became a big thing? Yeah, probably. It's a good Let's, thing to think about. It's a good thing to Google. Yeah. If only we had a Google expert. <laughs> if only... <laughs> So the tape says, play me on it, written on it, you know. What else would you do with it? I feel like of all the things he didn't give them an exclamation explanation on, he did it on the tape, play me. I don't know. Yeah. Why did he do that? They started in 2007. 
maybe it was a little nod to like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Eat me, drink me, play me. That's probably it. It's so obvious he should have said where to get the tape player as well because I wouldn't have been checking out the body to find a tape recorder. No. Lawrence also finds a bullet and a key. Lawrence is Dr. Blue Shirt for our listeners. It's a tiny key, like for a diary. He tries it in the shackles, but it's a no-go. Adam is all calm and says, just throw it over here. I think I'd be shrieking. Adam is all calm and says, just throw it over here. I think I'd be shrieking. Lawrence looks irritated. I wouldn't be so ready to just toss it over. What if you missed? You know, it's just a little tiny key in a giant bathroom. But he does throw the key and it makes it to Adam. Doesn't fit his shackles either, but he does notice Guy's tape recorder. He can't reach it, but Elwis, Dr. Lawrence, tells him to use his shirt. It's funny to me that he's an expert on directing someone else how to reach things. <laughs> Directors James Wan and Lee Wanell wanted to make a film after they finished film school, but they could only afford one room. However, they challenged themselves to create a film that only occurred in one room. This film was a product, and it, cons- it is considered one of the most profitable and successful horror films of all time. It's pretty cool. It was all supposed to be a straight-to-video release. Oh. But after yeah, positive screenings, such a small budget. it was given the nod to become a pre- premiere film. The tape recorder has a nice little loop for holding on to that turns out to be just perfect for bathroom plug lassoing. Adam listens to his tape and a voice with an effect on it, like the kind you would use to call in robbing a bank. It says, rise and shine, Adam. You're probably wondering where you are. I'll tell you where you might be. You might be in the room that you die in. Up until now, you've simply sat in the shadows watching others live out their lives. But what do voyeurs... Insert meaning of voyeurs. (laughs) I wanted to know. I mean, I know. Why are you laughing so hard? Insert, insert meaning of voyeurs. <laughs> I usually go back in my notes. I put insert anywhere mm-hmm. I, and then I find usually the note about insert, and I forgot to go back. So hmm. insert. There's so we don't fun. know what voyeurs it means. I think it's when you watch people. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the actual definition. Okay, so. So the people know. A person who gains sexual pleasure from watching others when they are naked or engaged in sexual activity. So up until now, you've simply sat in the shadows watching others live out their lives. But what do voyeurs see when they look in the mirror? Now I might see you as a strange mix of someone angry yet apathetic, but mostly just pathetic. So are you going to watch yourself die today, Adam, or do something about it? Adam just looks confused and says, I don't get it. (laughs) the doctor asks him to throw them the tape player and adam says no you throw me your tape dr lawrence says we're gonna have to work together adam won't throw it because he thinks he might break it they went really heavy on lawrence's purple eyeliner bro he looked deadly (laughs) sick the whole time look i thought he was poisoned or something for him i didn't understand why he looks so shitty sickly yeah Maybe and Adam, he had been there longer, I guess. I don't know. Maybe somebody no, they just were taken like, the same night. They were. Yeah. One just had a better tan than the other. I don't know. No. It says tape says. It doesn't say it. It plays it. You know. <laughs> huh? I don't know. <laughs> I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Dr. Gordon, this is your wake up call every day of your working life. That's not life. what it sounds like. Every day of your <laughs> 
don't know how to do it. I tried to get my voice to do deep things this morning. I was like, how am I going to do this? You have good people. The news that you're going to die soon. Now you will be the cause of death. See, if I was recording the tapes, no one would take me seriously. No. There's a man in the room with you. When there's that much poison in your blood, the only thing left to do is shoot yourself. And then he coughs on the tape and says, there are ways to win this hidden all around. You just remember X marks the spot for the treasure. (laughs) I don't know if he said treasure. Did he? Nobody knows. Possibly. All of us know. Okay, so this goes with the end, but I want to discuss it now. What was the point of Adam having his key? Whenever they compare like the two things that they're supposed to do, Adam had his key in the bathtub. You don't the one that? that went down the drain. Yes, but why was he given that key? The it's, one that went down he the had drain. Every opportunity to because had could he have saved had he paid attention, he could have yeah. saved himself and unhooked himself and and then go. Yeah, but then if he just woke up, found the key, got out, he would just go get help. Yeah, and then all of this is undone. What was the point of giving him the key? I think that he knew. Because you don't find out until the end how fucked he really is. I think that he knew ultimately that he was not going to be able to... He didn't know that key was there. Like, you're just waking up from a drug-induced, not coma, but you were unconscious, drug-induced unconscious, and then you're not going to notice a little fucking light flying around when you're sputtering out water. But it could have, you know, sat on his shirt. Let's say he did get the key. It's when they Why say the killer do it because he wanted him to suffer. He set him up to fail. Yeah. Basically. Why did, why did he give him the key? And then you don't realize, I mean, the ending wouldn't have been as fucked up. It is fucked up. And if, I love it. When you realize that you don't even realize at the beginning how important that one little light going down the drain is like you don't even understand. Like I, I love think how it, it brings you around full circle. Yeah. Yeah. It does. But yeah. like, I love how it all yeah. ties together. But why did he do it is what I don't understand. Oh. He's giving the him killer. an opportunity to save himself. Yeah. He just didn't realize. Yeah. Now I fucking hear it. Yeah. Basically, his life went down the drain. Mm. She just realized good... that and she got mind fucked just now. She wants everyone else to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mind blown. I just found that out. Life experience it with me down the fucking drain he flushed it away no he didn't That's flush it. He that didn't doesn't flush work. it but yeah so lawrence has to listen to his tape again and again <laughs> at the end you hear the voice say follow your heart i thought that was really funny and it made me laugh gay adam hesitates like you're doing right now <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would have never heard that on the tape or heard that clue. Well, it was when really you're not, quiet. It's there's no sound in there. Yeah, yeah, and when you're when you don't truly even understand why the fuck you're even in this room or anything, like you know, I mean, okay, so you go into a um, escape room, like but you, you know that you're you know, in an escape room. Yes, these fuckers are just like what the fuck and why. It made me laugh whenever you hear the follow your heart at mm-hmm. the end. And we see (laughs) there's a little heart drawn on the toilet with poopy. Adam hesitates to dig in the toilet, but only for a second. Okay, but where's the heart located exactly? On the 
tank. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so where does Adam put his hand, though? Oh, you're right. Right where? in Why? there. Where? Why would you put your hand in the toilet? In the diarrhea. Instead of the Not tank. in the toilet, in the diarrhea. And it comes out where brown. It went. Whose poop is it? I don't, I'm like, was, was Jigsaw in there? Like, did he, where I'm going to shit in this For toilet. sure it's he had to take a right? shit before he laid down. It's been abandoned. Who? This warehouse oh, has been abandoned. before he correct? laid down. Yeah. He yeah. for sure had to take a shit before he laid down. Okay. So have, have you been <laughs> to a house? But that's the same warehouse that he Have you been to a house in? that's been abandoned? Is that the same warehouse that works Everyone just, in? random people just go in abandoned houses to shit? They don't go to a Homeless gas station? people have to shit. Places. You go to McDonald's. They're in a warehouse district. They don't have a McDonald's. They're anymore. probably pooping in the corner, not in the toilet. I would assume. That Do you think they, they walk through that hole? I have seen toilets. Wait, wait, wait. But the water works because there's water in the bathtub, so the water works. We don't know that the water works. He could have just because off. there's water in the bathtub. It's Lucas Burke, owner of Burke Services, three three seven two seven four. Three six nine three. He fixes our pipes. He's our handyman. He's a very. He has uh, all kinds of skills. He is a handyman. Invite me to his page. Oh, I and they do those pretty doors too. He just restored doing a door. A bunch of doors lately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw a lady today on the internet, and she painted her friend's door, and she put like all these mandalas and lotus flowers and stuff. It was so, cute. Oh my god! Or it was too much. No, it was awesome. I gotta oh, find it and send it to you. Yeah, do that. I've been painting a lot more. This was amazing. Are we going to go back, back to, to the, the movie? Back to the bathroom. Back, to the bathroom. <laughs> back in this bathroom. That we don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Adam hesitates to dig in the toilet, but only for a second. And when he reaches in, I thought it was just a dark toilet that was stained. But it turns out it's full of diarrhea. I probably would have reached in the toilet. For, I never think like about the toilet back part. Like, that's not something you that's really fuck with a lot. That's where the heart is located, though. Like, I agree. If I would have seen the heart right there. My hand is not yeah. going in the bowl. It is going yeah, in the no. tank. Nothing. I would have used something to put in the bowl, not my own hand. I don't know what I would have done, but it wouldn't have happened like that. He didn't. Like, how do you wash that off? Yeah, he drained to the bathtub. <laughs> Who drained to the bathtub? He just did it on accident. He did. Like, it was attached to his foot or some shit. Like, when he was moving around, like, when he sat oh, yeah, up, it was, like, attached it to, to his toe or some shit. I'm asking way too many questions. I know. We're, we're thinking about it way too much. So, Lawrence urges him to take off the lid. There's a bag inside, and I'm hoping clean water because Adam should really wash his hand. He says he wished that he would have checked there first. There's poop. <laughs> I'm sure he did. There's poop all well, there over. Well, there must be running water if the the toilet has water in it. It didn't. Did it? Okay, so there's not running water then. Mm. Big, Again. Big questions. They could have turned it off. We're really thinking this through. We it's are. It's important. Look, this, it, it, it they is only weird. had 18 days. They couldn't cover everything. They better go back Try and harder they remake couldn't. it. Because even, 19 days. look, when it comes down to, like, the cell phone later, there was, like, a whole debacle about the cell phone. Oh, I can't wait. So, yeah, something comes up later with the cell phone, and it turned into a huge debacle. And people like us made it out to be a huge, 
huge thing and it truly was nothing because it's, 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 they only had 18 days and they can't think of everything oh so y'all two were trying to figure out no the no. no i'm saying like um fans and stuff oh, like okay. when you get on those chat groups and stuff and everyone goes into this because i tried to find I shit love out. rabbit holes like yeah that. so but it literally was nothing <laughs> Lee Wanell mentioned on the DVD commentary that the scene where his character puts his hand in the filthy toilet is a tribute to train spotting. Oh, I love that it movie. Once. I I have a f- a fucked up love hate one for that one because yeah. I I really love that movie in a fucked up way, but that baby scene. Yes, I do not like has that. Fucked me up for life. Yeah. So he was actually said because they couldn't um, get so much rehearsal time and stuff like that. It actually lent itself well to the film's gritty and ragged feel. He said it was really tough. It was a really tough struggle for me. Every day it was me fighting to get the shots I did not get. I had high aspirations, but there's only so much you can do. So that was basically like their day to day. A lot of it didn't matter in the no, end. No, I truly loved more than anything. Um, I can appreciate the shots a director will take or a different spin or something like that. Like I can truly appreciate a movie just by the way it's shot. Yeah. So I get it. They did a lot. I truly, when I found out that they had no fucking budget, no fucking time. It's really impressive. Like, they even scored this movie. I think they said he had, like, three weeks to score the movie. Like, you know, with music, which the music's kind of shit. There is no music. Yeah, it's not real noticeable. It's kind of like some weird uh, rock music. It took me a while to figure out the song at the end. You didn't Shazam it? (laughs) No. Do people still well, use Shazam? Put, I, I use it like every day. Are you at, serious? Like if I'm at a bar or somewhere where I hear music and I can't hear the lyrics very well, and but I like the beat, I'll just press Shazam and like hold it up. I watched Constantine the other day. I think that's from 2004. I've never seen it. I love Constantine. It was it was good. The music was good, but they had a Tool song, a Perfect Circle song on there that was really good, and Which I one? Shazammed it. I'm She's not, not gonna remember. Cool, the good name talk. Of it. Love that. Continue. I'll text it to you because I shazammed it, so it's saved in my Shazam folder. Wonderful. On Spotify. Let me see what the last Shazam I did. <laughs> I don't even think I have the app still on my phone. What? You're gonna, I used to use it no, like no, no. way back in the day. You're gonna oh, need it gone. immediately, and you got to be able to click it within a second when you say, "Oh my God, this is an amazing song." You know what I do? You're never gonna hear it again. I grab a couple I lyrics. I just grab a couple words. I type Google that shit on. into Google, and it tells me what the song is. Apple mm-hmm. does that too, no? Apple Music. No. You just I might the lyrics. <laughs> there so oh, there's, oh, a, there's nat. a nat. Keeps fucking with me. I've been eating mouth, those bro. cookies for the past six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked if that shit's even still good. Don't you open that yet? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you, you need to cake. break and eat cookies? You have king cake. All right. So smearing the poopy all over his shirt, <laughs> and I don't like it. He should really have washed it off or wiped it on the back of his shirt or something. He finds two saws. He throws the other one to Blondie Doctor and they start sawing. Adams breaks after about one minute of sawing and Lawrence gives up and realizes that he doesn't want them to saw through the chains. He wants them to cut through their feet. He figured Mm -hmm. that out quick. He thinks he knows who it might be. The last he heard, the police still hadn't caught him. Now we see some flashes of a different place with different people. He knows this because he was a suspect. 
And now we see Danny Glover and Ken Lung. Danny Glover, I totally did not remember him being in this. He is Detective David Tapp. So where to start? He's amazing. He says In the Heat of the Night was his all-time favorite film. He has an upcoming movie, Lethal Weapon 5. Oh, wow. He was in Predator 2. He is one of only three actors to survive a hand-to-hand confrontation with a predator. The other two being Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Adrian Brody. What predator? Predator. The Predator. The movie. Predator. I thought that meant that he like hand battled an actual predator. No, he did. I thought you were about to say he like fought a bear or some shit. I was like, let's go. That's fucking cool. He fought a predator. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So, he was also in the movie Badass 2, Badasses. I don't remember that. (laughs) Did you see that? No. (laughs) Sadly, he was not on Badass 1. Did you see that? No. (laughs) Is that the one with the kids? I think I've seen that. The teenagers? (laughs) Is that Badass? No. That's Bebe's kids. No, that's not Bebe's kids. <laughs> I love Bebe's kids. That shit is hilarious. I'm talking about badass where the kids, the teenagers, they're like, it's all the dorky kids. And they're super going bad. out super, super bad. Super bad. That's oh what my I'm God. thinking of. Not the that. same. Okay. Not the same. Most, Im- <laughs> most importantly, he was in Badasses 3. Badasses on the Bayou. In 2015. I don't know what these movies are. Is there a gator? There's for sure a gator in that one. It's the Badass Trilogy. Oh, there's a fucking trilogy. <laughs> All right, IMDb. Do it, please. Bad- Badass is on the Bayou from 2015 with Danny Trejo. It takes place in Louisiana. The world's favorite supermodels are chosen to attempt dangerous, daring extreme sports and excursions like never before. <laughs> this is like a D movie. Their names are Badass Girl. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> all of their names in the movie are badass girl. Just badass girl? Badass girl. Badass what about girl, the boys? Badass girl, badass girl. Badass girl. Some of them are playboy bunnies. Oh, what? What? It's I a didn't TV get... series? Oh, it's like badass girl You're number on the wrong one? one. You're on the wrong one. Look mm. up badass three on the bayou. Badass, badass is on the bayou. Three. <laughs> Badasses. <laughs> you made these up? Wait, I want no! some... <laughs> I'm going to need some images to go with this Google search. Badasses on the bayou. With Danny Trejo. Frank Vega and Bernie with Pope Danny return. Trejo. <laughs> this time to Louisiana in an attempt to find a kidnapped friend. Let me see this picture. They filmed it in Baton Rouge, Livonia, and Port Allen. What is that? Like, oh, okay. We need to watch oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I need to watch it. I'm not watching it's this. It's in Louisiana. I've got a 5.3 okay. out of 10. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's got Danny Trejo. Shit's going to get fucked up. I the the machete. The machete. 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 So he admits that he did Gone Fishing and Operation Dumbo Drop strictly for the money. Not because he wanted to pet a Dumbo. <laughs> I'm pet a Dumbo. I'm alive. Come and get it. <laughs> what? A Dumbo, because I'm a Dumbo. Oh my god! How am I even going to edit this? Because How are we even married? Oh, we haven't hung out in a month. Let's do a podcast. You're just going to have to get rid of all the laughing talking before. <laughs> We're just going to put it all out there. 
we see what looks like a crime scene, and they're standing behind a chain-link fence looking inside. Inside the fence, we see lots and lots of barbed wire. The barbed wire, not the Pam Anderson film. (laughs) It's the twisty kind. I'm going home. And some kind of other wire that you know has barbs on it. I don't know, razor wire maybe? Yes, razor wire. Is there a movie called Razor that I can reference? Probably. (laughs) There's a guy that's all hung up in the wire, and it looks like he's probably dead. Yeah, this one's actually called the razor wire maze. Oh. Was it a maze? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Had to climb through it. I thought it was just a box. Now we had to climb through them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he straight up, um, his crime was self-harm and drug addiction. The lady cop says, this one's not fresh anymore. It's at least three weeks out. And she says that he's 46 and he died of massive blood loss. Mostly through the femoral artery. He started at the back of the cage and tunneled his way out of the razor wire so fast. It's amazing he got as far as he did. He cut himself so deep that they found traces of his stomach acid on the floor. We get lots of close-ups and a lot of loud shrieking noises as they cut in for the close-ups. They also find this tape recorder and it says the sinister voice. The sinister voice says... Paul, you are a perfectly healthy, middle-class male. Last month, you ran a straight razor across your wrist. Did you cut yourself because you truly wanted to die, or did you just want some attention? Tonight, you show me the irony that is, if you wanted to die, you just have to stay where you are. But if you want to live, you'll have to cut yourself again. Find a path through the razor wire to the door, but hurry. At three o'clock, that door will lock and then this room will become your tomb. How much blood will you shed to stay alive? And we see clips of shirtless Paul screaming. And I'm like, how did Jigsaw even arrange this room? Like, how many times did he snag himself on this razor wire? Right. That's what I want to see in the sequel. And they took it that he doesn't get clothes. He's in his underwear. Like, you don't get any kind of protection. You are cutting yourself anytime you move. You could have wrapped your hands. During filming of the Razor Wire Maze, director of photography, David A. Armstrong, accidentally bumped his head against the ceiling and had to be taken to the hospital with a mild concussion. Nice job, David. That sounds like more than a bump. How hard was he standing up? Right? (laughs) But I want to see Jigsaw in the next sequel planning all these things out and like sipping coffee. (laughs) You always want to see them (laughs) sipping coffee. Joelle just wants to see... She just wants to see everyone in their daily actions sipping coffee. Because that's what While I do. While planning a murder. While planning a murder. I don't murders. do that part. Probably. Because that's how she was. What was the one we watched? I know what you did last summer. And she was like, I just want to see the fisherman. Sipping coffee. Sipping <laughs> coffee. <laughs> the lady cop says that door was on a timer. It was set until three o'clock. And at three o'clock, it snapped shut. And I'm like, no, duh. The tape just told us that. Mm-hmm. No, duh. No, duh. So he had two hours, so that's not very long. And now we see crazy clips of him flying around the cage screaming. Oh, we see there's a puzzle piece cut out of the flesh. So I'm like, does he do this before? He sets these people up like I guess they're drugged. He I would think have he to- does them post-mortem. So, but he did he climb in there to cut it out? This one makes me know. wonder how he would have got to him to do it. Good question. And later on, the Mark one that's all burned up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to cut. There's not a puzzle out of. I guess he does yeah. it when they're unconscious, right? Okay. But what about Lawrence and Adam? They didn't find any cut marks on themselves. Did they? No. We don't you know. Would, you would notice that. Well, if you had a cut. When 
Adam was trying to see if his kidneys were taken, and he was asking the doctor to like look for scars and things. Maybe like he didn't find anything. I feel you, like you would, would know. feel that. Have you ever skinned your finger? He sat on his butt mm-hmm. for a minute. Skinned your knee? Skinned my knee before? Yes. It fucking hurts. Yeah. You would know if somebody cut a whole puzzle piece out of your skin. So that's what I need to know. <laughs> These are important questions. For whom? For Joel, <laughs> the twenty people that listen to us. Hey, we're like we got like fifty. We got 50. Now we go back to Lawrence telling us about this in the bathroom, leaning up against a pipe, chillaxing. And I'm like, why can't my voice to text understand? It perfectly typed out chillaxing when I said it, but other words it can't. Like when mm-hmm. I said lady cop, it typed out lady cocktail. <laughs> I need to know. Or maybe that's because you talk about cocktails often. <laughs> He tells us technically Jigsaw isn't a murderer. He never killed anyone. He makes his victims kill themselves. Now we see Mark's corpse. He looks like a mummy that's all covered in doo-doo. And his tape plays over the scene. He says... (laughs) Doo-doo. It says, if you're so sick, why are there so many photos of you up and about? Let's put your so-called illness to the test right now. There's a slow-acting poison in your veins. The antidote is inside the safe. The combination to the safe is written on the wall. And we see that there are hundreds of numbers painted covering the entire wall. There's also glass all around Adam and there's a flammable substance all over his body. So be careful with that candle for all the people you've burned. I have a theory. All these poisons. and Don't these, exist. This, this poison that's in your veins, they don't exist. Yeah. I don't think that they exist. I think he waits for them to kill themselves. Because what, I have that noted later, what poison is there that you can take? It doesn't make you sick. None of them are sick. Well, I mean, Lawrence does look Zep sick. Zep was sick. But they he coughed once. Oh, Zep was poisoned, huh? He coughed yeah. one time, though. That's but, all that you know. But well, poison, like... I don't know. Poison makes you sick. Like yeah. if you... Food poisoning. Oh, we have a slow-acting poison in your body. You, you've said that four times. That's made know. up. So Mark's crime was malingering. I don't know what that I means. I think it was... Being lazy. Oh, no. It said that if you're so sick, I thought maybe he was doing insurance fraud mm-hmm. and they were taking pictures of him being up and about. It just said malingering. I don't <laughs> even know what that means. You didn't Google it? No. I, I'm waiting. <laughs> Googling for Exaggerate or feign illness in order to uh. escape duty or work. Okay. Pretending to have a physical or psychological condition to gain a reward or avoid something. I so do. I thought he was do that a lot. getting insurance money. We can't tell people because now they know you're She's faking it. She's over there malingering. Well, yeah, no was, one listens to this. He was faking that it. That is going to pay attention getting, to <laughs> He was faking it, I guess, and getting insurance money. I don't know. And I was wondering why he couldn't just blow out the candle. They have overhead lights in that room. Yeah, but it only overhead lights, but not enough that you can read all those combinations. Not to mention the fact you're not getting those combinations, not from those numbers. Mm-hmm. You're going to die. Yeah. And you're covered in flammable oil. Jelly. Yeah, it looks like he's I feel like he could have pushed the glass out of the way and made his way out of the room. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you got to have a combination to get the antidote for the poison, though. But the poison's not real. But he he's doesn't not know it's not real. <laughs> but he doesn't just, know it's you not real. You go to the hospital and you say, someone poisoned me. Yeah, but if they, they figure don't have, it out. If they don't have the antidote, it's like when you get bit by a snake. If you don't know what snake it is, you're going to fucking die because they don't know what antivenom to give you. Do you know it's antivenin? Venin? And not venom. Friends off topic for reals. <laughs> we'll never get to the end. 
We're not even to my part yet. <laughs> so at this part, I was like, Jigsaw is having too much Adderall. He's so sick, but he has time to drug and carry people all over and paint all these numbers on a ladder and collect all that glass. Oh, but he's got minions. We know later that he has yeah. minions. That's true. And then the, for the flammable goo, I'm like, did he also put it all over his dingling? Probably. I just wondered. Lady Cop says she found something else. Two things. Actually, a peephole, which is not the same as a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference, Crystal? Well, some things you just look through. Other things you put things through. Oh. So my phone wouldn't type glory hole. It just, (laughs) it put a bunch of asterisks. It was like, nope, not doing that. It'll type out chillaxin, but not glory hole. That's a different combination. (laughs) So now we know Jigsaw likes to watch. He also left his pen light at the crime scene. Danny Glover asks her to rush the prince. And I'm like, oh, so that's how we get connected to Lawrence. Because I was really wondering about how they get to him. Really? Oh, yeah. He's just mad because he's been... I'm not allowed to talk about it. Mm, why? Because it would be spoiling it. I've spoiled so much. Are you going to remember to bring it up later? Maybe. You no. Can't. He's just mad that he's been deemed inoperable. He has an inoperable tumor. So now he's mad and he's going to go after Dr. Lawrence. Yeah, mm. he truly says he hates people that don't appreciate what they have. But Dr. Lawrence is awful when they show Ugh. later. Yeah, He doesn't actually do anything. But the stuff he says. Yeah. Did we get to that part yet? Nope. Nope. I'll tell you. <laughs> now we clip back over to the doctor. Dr. Lawrence looks like he's talking to some students. Here it is. And he's telling them how his patient has an inoperable tumor in his head. Shocker. It started as colon cancer and the patient came in for a checkup where they monitor how his condition is declining. Another worker patient, student, orderly, I don't know. He's an orderly. Orderly. (laughs) (laughs) I like how she just reads her own notes and starts (laughs) laughing and we don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) So this orderly says... He interrupts and says his name was Robert Paulson. Uh, no. <laughs> his no. name is John. That's, yes. That's why I was laughing. Oh. Where'd you get My, that um, from? Fight Club? His name was his Robert name Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. So he actually said his name is John Kramer. But I thought that was the... Have you seen that movie? Yeah, but I don't remember that part. He says his name was John Kramer. Dr. Gordon, he's a very interesting person. And we see there's a patient sitting there through the doctor talking. I thought he was just talking to students, and that's how we know what a horrible, unfeeling doctor he is. He says, thank you for that information, Zep. This guy is named Zep. Cool name. Love it. The guy in the bed is Tobin Bell. He's known for the firm and Mississippi Burning. I didn't know he was in either one of those. Nope. Says that's what he's. I love for. both of those movies. Maybe he looks well. different with hair. So, Mississippi Burning, especially. I've never seen the Fern movie, but have you read the book? No, my the dad has. Book was amazing. Very importantly, he was on Sopranos. He played a drill sergeant on one episode. Did he? Yeah. Hmm. Did you watch that episode? I did. Okay. He was also. It comes up later. Okay. He was, he was probably on Grey's Anatomy. I mean, not Grey's Anatomy. He was probably on Law and Order too. It did, I didn't see it. If people are on there, I don't even write it down, but he probably was. He was also in Boogeyman 2 and 3, but not 1. 
His trademark is his low, raspy voice. He donated two vials of his own blood to be mixed with red ink for 1,000 posters to help promote Saw 3 from 2006. All the proceeds went to the American Red Cross. And he is not a fan of horror films. Okay. So, Dr. But he's part of a whole fucking franchise. Yep. <laughs> All Whatever right. makes the bank. I have the puppet tattooed on my back. Oh, you do? The Saw puppet. Where? On my back. I don't remember it. I learned his name's Billy. That's because you don't see it very often. Did you know that? <laughs> I did know that because I have some meticulous notes about Billy. Billy? Oh, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Billy the puppet? What the fuck? The whole puppet <laughs> thing is what the fuck. Dr. Lawrence gets paged. He hands away his clipboard to a giant nurse. She's taller than him. <laughs> giant <laughs> nurse. I was like an Amazon woman. Whoa. Amazonian. But... Sigourney's Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Gordon goes to his office and there's two detectives waiting in there. Danny Glover tells him how impressive his certificates are on the wall. They want to know where he was between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. I would be sleeping at home. Right. 100%. Yeah. I was like, every day of the week. Every day. <laughs> Instead of answering, he wants to know why they want to know that. And I'm like, mmm, suspicious. They... <laughs> That's suspicious. They want him to follow them down to the station. He says he can't because he has work to do and his wife has the car. And I'm like, what city is this, doctor? You only have one car? So I learned that they never actually revealed this city. They want it to remain a mystery oh, forever. Good. Oh, that's cool. They never, ever do. The cops but, work for Metropolitan Police, but who the fuck knows where? Everywhere. Everywhere. They offer him a ride, and that would make me nope out of there for sure. The doctor seems really guilty to me, so I feel like he really shouldn't go to the police station. Again, he wants to know what this is all about. Detective Tap hands him a baggie with a white pen light in it. And I'm like, this would never happen now. You would never have a pen light. You would use your phone. Yeah. But you'd probably have to turn off your GPS, you know, put it on airplane mode. Doctors might still use pen lights. Like, they look in your eyes and stuff. You know, when they're like, oh, look at this light, good. blah, blah, blah. That's a good notice. I didn't think about that. Or maybe they just play with cats and they're off time. <laughs> I don't know. It's for the cats. Now we're at the police station. Dr. Gordon is in an office with, I'm assuming, his lawyer. The lawyer wants to know how the pen light got there. Dr. Blondie doesn't know. <laughs> the lawyer asks him what he was doing last night. The doctor was seeing someone. It wasn't a patient. The lawyer, I figured, is probably a good lawyer because he's a Leviathan. He is a Leviathan from Supernatural. He sure is. <laughs> And I'm like, what alibi would you not want to share to avoid getting blamed for murder? As soon as I heard Leviathan, that's all it's I gonna ruin your life. Supernatural. The alibi would ruin your life? Would ruin his life. Not more than mm. a murder. When your wife finds out you've been hooking up with your secretary. He knows he didn't murder. But he says that they didn't have sex. He knows he mm. didn't murder anybody. He's guilty of guilty thought. He's guilty of cheating, but he knows he hasn't murdered anybody, so he thinks he's going to get out of it. But he doesn't want to give his alibi because if his wife finds out, then he's done with that. But the police can't call his wife and tell her, hey, they will find out eventually. We're not going to tell you about your husband's a murderer because he had an alibi. They're going to come Detective out. Detective Tap gonna... would 100% tell oh, her. Yeah. yeah, they would totally go to his wife and ask if she saw him. And well, we were told he was here or at work, you know, yeah. whatever. 
So I feel like the lawyer could have reasoned him out of it without even needing an alibi because all they had was the pen light and the fingerprint. Like he could have just said anybody could have that pen light and leave it there. That proves nothing. So one of the the other detective besides Danny Glover is Ken Lung. Detective Steven Singh. He was on Sopranos also. Was he? He was. He was also on Lost and the movie Old. Now we're back in the bathroom with the doctor and the dark haired guy. Dr. Blondie says this was five months ago. Jigsaw tried to set him up for murder. Murder. Back at the police station, they accept the alibi. One of the victims who managed to escape is there. They want him to stick around to hear her testimony. She's the only one who made it. Mm. The victim is Amanda. Detective Tapp is interviewing her. She's got some Joker-looking makeup on. Dude, does she ever. (laughs) She looks quite disturbed, and it turns out in real life she had the flu. Like you were saying. 104 degrees. (laughs) How could you even walk around? I would not want to. We see her waking up, and she has a big, giant, rusty metal bear trap helmet on. She says all she could taste is blood and metal. She's tied to a chair. The helmet is padlocked on. A TV cuts on in the room, and we see this scary-ass puppet on Channel 3. The puppet says, hello, Amanda. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. Here's what happens if you lose. The device you're wearing is hooked into your upper and lower jaws. When the timer on the back goes off, your mouth will permanently be ripped open. Think of it like a reverse bear trap. Here, I'll show you. And we see the clock ticking and the trap pop open and a mannequin head that was on it just explodes. It looked like a melon. Oh, was it a melon? I thought it was a mannequin head. So James Wan actually stitched the uh, Billy the Puppet together himself. It says that he stitched the jigsaw mask together himself. And then later it reads that he stitched um, Billy the Puppet together. So there's like a mask. Hmm. And then I didn't see that. Puppet. So I, I guess he of, made both of them. I guess so. I found a lot about him making the puppet yeah. and the way that it changes through the movies. But mm-hmm. I didn't see that about the mask. Yeah. The tape says there's only one key to open the device. It's in the stomach of your dead cellmate. She better hurry up before dawn, live or die, make your choice. And then the TV cuts to snow. We see lots of wild and crazy fast camera angles popping around as she struggles. When she gets up, the timer starts. We're back at the police station and she says that's when she saw the body. She lifts up the guy's shirt in the cell that's with her and there's a big black question mark painted on it. The knife that she got is a little tiny scalpel, and the clock is still ticking. It's only 60 seconds. I feel like that's not long enough. It's already been 30 seconds. Right? Like, I couldn't even think in that amount of time. No, to figure out what to do or find the knife or anything. I feel like cutting and rooting around in there would take at least a couple minutes. I wouldn't even know what I was feeling. No. According to Juan, the construction of the original puppet's face for Saw involved clay paper mache and black ping pong balls with the irises painted in for the eyes. Paper towel rolls were used internally to make him move. The puppeteers pulled him along on a fishing line. Wow. That's where all the budget went. Those paper towels. (laughs) Right. Paper Paper towels are expensive. They probably got that Vivo brand. What is it? Viva. Viva. Yeah. Yeah, Viva. Those good ones. Just to go back a little bit, when Zepp is talking about John and he's talking about how he's a very interesting person... It says that the identity of the Jigsaw Killers revealed early in the film during a flashback when Zepp 
says he's a very interesting person. There is a diagram of the reverse bear trap on John's hospital bedside table. Even though I looked for it, I truly couldn't tell that's what that was. So now the body is waking up and I'm like, you better get at it, Manders. The clock is ticking. Right, because it said he's dead. Yeah. That's when you know he can't be trusted when he says they're poisoned. You know how you said, like, how do you know? yeah. Because he tells her that dude's dead. And he he certainly was not. Twas not. It turns out he was injected with an opiate overdose. Dr. Obvious says, you mean he was alive? Detective Singh says, yes, he was. So now she's got the bloody key in less than 30 seconds, and she manages to unlock a padlock on the back of her head. This is just very unlikely to me of all the things in the movie. She manages to get the mask off and a light comes on in the corner of the room as she ugly cries. (laughs) The scary puppet rides into the room on his bicycle. The puppet says, congratulations, you are still alive. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you, not anymore. So a little bit more about Billy the Puppet, the... Juan's underseen killer puppet movie Dead Silence also has a puppet wearing the same outfit as Jigsaw. These notes are from SlashFilm.com. So the guts that Amanda's searching through were actually pig's uteruses. And her cellmate, Donnie Greco, was played by Oren Kuhls, one of the film's producers. Um, I read that they improved the doll in Saw 2 by adding moving eyes and an unhinging unhinging jaw and added a remote control. By Saw 3, they needed a new doll because it was too deteriorated. He was made out of paper mache, you know. And Yeah, I was like, what the fuck are you doing to this poor ass doll? (laughs) Paper towel. Poor little paper towel doll. And then by Saw 4, they tried to make him better at riding his tricycle. (laughs) In Saw 4... They explain Billy. In Saw 10, we find out John Kramer started down the path of becoming the self-righteous game master Jigsaw after Jill, who was seven months pregnant, lost their unborn child after Cecil, one of her drug-addicted patients, accidentally slammed a door onto Jill's stomach. The miscarriage caused the couple to divorce after Kramer is also diagnosed with cancer. And before the tragedy, Kramer had crafted a wooden doll to give his son who the couple had decided to name Gideon. So Billy the Puppet becomes the placeholder for Jigsaw's grief. When do we find this one out? In Saw 10. We found out before then. Mm, no, no, no. Maybe sure. it said four. It might have said Saw 4. Because I remember watching her work in the hospital or in the See, I never methadone clinic or whatever. Yeah. Meow. Meow. So Detective Tapp says, Amanda, you are in fact a drug addict. Isn't that right, Mandy? Do you think that's why he picked you? She cries and he says, are you grateful, Mandy? And I'm like, mm, he looks suspicious now. That's yeah. she's grateful. <laughs> Mandy says, he helped me. Dr. Gordon just looks stunned as he watches all of this unfold. And I'm like, why did they want him to stay and watch this? To see his reaction. Oh, okay. I really did wonder. So Shawnee Smith is Amanda. I'm pretty sure she's in all of the Saws. She was also on Becker. She was in Armageddon as the redhead. She was in the movie Annie. She was one of the dancers. It's the only musical that I love. She originally didn't want to be in Saw because it was an upsetting role to her, but she accepted it after the seeing the short film. She is a singer in a band called Fidolo Ho, and she's also in a band with Missy Pyle called Smith and Pyle. 
You know this lady. She was in Dodgeball, Galaxy Quest, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. The one with the unibrow? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they had they had a little band together. And now we're back in the bathroom. Adam and Dr. Gordon are discussing. Adam wants to know if he's sure it's him. Jigsaw. How do I know you're telling the truth? You could be the one that put me in this room. Dr. Gordon looks annoyed and says, I'm in the exact same situation as you, Adam. Adam yells wrong, wrong, and starts trying to walk towards him, but he's still chained down, and he says wrong. You've got more information. You know who did this. Adam picks up a piece of the mirror that broke off earlier and says, you tell me what's going on or I'll cut you with this. And I'm like, I bet you will. (laughs) He realizes it's a two-way mirror, and he starts throwing stuff to break the mirrors. Now we see there's a camera behind one of them. Someone was watching them. We see a hand waving at them and saying, we can see you. And the watcher says, don't look at me. I can't help you. Adam says, I'm having a blast. This is the most fun I've ever had without lubricant. Oh, she she was in Saw 1, 2, 3, 4, and 10. Oh, so she wasn't in all of them. The third one is my favorite. I don't remember it. That's whenever he gets the uh, surgeon lady to cut a cube out of his skull. I remember that. Yeah, that was in, the most memorable in part. In the warehouse. Memorable part for me. Out of whose skull? Jigsaw's. Yeah. Because he has that tumor oh. and his brain is swelling, so she had to cut a piece of his skull out. God, I was never when seen he that one. The, the doctor nurse lady, and she's like in the warehouse. Yeah. Dealing with him. Yeah. The doctor says, you can't stop it. Every angle has been pre-thought out by him. Adam thinks the doctor admires Jigsaw. The doctor starts discussing finding the X somewhere in the room. Now we see it's 12.05. Adam's voice is very whiny to me. He asks, what about your wife and kid? He could be doing anything to them right now. The doctor says he's thinking about the last thing he said to his daughter. Now we're in the daughter's dark bedroom. She's sleeping in the bed and wakes up and climbs out of bed. There's something like a wind chime jingling in her room. And now we're in a dark living room that she's wandering around in. She goes to mommy and daddy's room. Mommy is sleeping and wakes up with her kid just standing there staring at her. That's always terrifying. (laughs) She says, mommy, there's a man in my room. I'd grab a gun right then and there (laughs) is what I would do. Also, we have two dogs. So I make them go check the house. But mommy is not like me. Mommy says calmly, are you sure he's not hiding in your imagination? The little girl says he talked to me. Now she says she's going to go check it out. The little girl wants daddy to get the scary man. Mommy goes to get daddy and he's on the computer. He's busy on a paragraph. He finishes it up and they go to her room. He tucks her in and says there's no one there. And he does the little piggies on her foot. Spoiler. I feel like that leads to the end because the little piggies do not go to the market. Hmm, That is a very sad piggy. somewhere else. <laughs> His pagers goes off and she says, you're not going to leave us, are you, daddy? He tells her he'd never do that and he kisses her goodnight. So who was the man in her room that she talked to? And then he bails. Yeah. (laughs) And he just leaves. (laughs) Dr. Gordon is making his way through the house with his wife, Allison, played by Monica Potter. Following close behind, she wants to know, how could he just walk through life pretending that he's happy? Lawrence says, I am happy, and Allison calls him on his bullshit. She just wants him to break down and admit he hates her, but with passion. Now back into the petri dish of disgustingness, the camera focuses on the clock ticking. It's now 107, 
a.m. or p.m. I don't know. Lawrence asks Adam if that's his. Oh, I put if that's his real name. He just wants to see her. Oh, if he just wants to see her, I guess meaning his daughter. He then digs and to or digs out and tosses Adam his wallet, who grabs it and opens it, responding, "She's beautiful." Adam asks if he's going to have any more children. Dr. Gordon admits it's hard enough to concentrate on just one. That's every man. Adam, still digging through the wallet, wants to know where's the lucky wife. Lawrence says there's one behind the one he's looking at, meaning pictures. It's his favorite one. It's of all of them together. But instead of finding that photo... Adam pulls out one of Allison and Diana tied up and gagged with a look of terror. On I did not their see that faces. coming. Right. <laughs> uh, Lawrence is still rambling unknowingly with a smile on his face. And I actually kind of feel bad for him at this moment. On the bottom of the Polaroid is the word regards with a puzzle piece drawn in black. When Adam flips over the photo, he reads... X marks the spot. Sometimes you see more with your eyes shut. Adam looks over at the good doctor and tells him the photo isn't there. He's lying. So why was he lying about it? Why didn't he just tell him? Well, they both have to kill each other by six o'clock to live. So, I mean, you still got to keep your own secrets. I see. Guarded, I guess. No, that makes sense. Um, He didn't want Dr. Gordon to see that picture. That too. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want him all upset and shit. All right. He tosses the wallet back, but chose to keep the Polaroid. He then scoots himself behind some grody ass pipes to have a better look at the photo while Lawrence is searching his wallet. Dr. Gordon flashes back to the previous argument with his wife. After she calls him on his BS, he grabs his keys Turns to Allison and tells her, we'll talk about this later, okay? Like, dude, what if there is no later? He leans down to kiss her cheek, but she pulls away, asking him to just leave. Lawrence looks hurt. He turns and slowly shuffles out the front door. Did you see they have this big giant curtain on the side of the room? Mm -mm. Like a theater curtain. Uh-oh. I like they were it hiding it? I don't know. I was like, what is that? That part of the house was probably part of the fucking warehouse, too. Oh, yeah. Everything's in the For warehouse. The that makes sense. <laughs> okay. He apparently did a shit job looking for the scary man in his daughter's room. It's at this time the closet in Diana's room starts to creak open. Poor Diana pops up in bed, scared and breathing panically, when the creepiest voice from the closet says... Good night, little girl. The camera zooms in on a shifty eye in the closet. The closet doors then burst open and Allison hears Diana scream. She starts into Diana's room and sees a figure covered in a bedsheet hovering over her daughter. Diana screams again and Allison lunges for her. Then the screen changes to another scene. This one starts with a figure in black holding a stethoscope in a black gloved hand and a black gun tucked into a black holster on black pants. That's a lot of black. In his hands is a blue teddy bear tucked under his arm. 
We can hear Diana's crying and asking why, and that's when we see Allison tied to a heavy wooden bedpost. This sinister-looking figure gets down on one knee to listen to Diana's heartbeat with the stethoscope. Why did he do that? Dude, I don't know. That would be something all on his own that he chose to do. Exactly. When you find out later... You know, like he's got his own shit happening. And then you think back to shit like that. And you're like, this dude was really fucked. Yeah, he was. For real. Um, Allison immediately starts losing her shit. But there's truly nothing she can do. She can only repeat, get away from her. Then this sick fuck pulls out his gun, leans in to have one more listen to Diana's pounding heartbeat. He then holds the gun to Allison's head and Diana's heart is pounding rapidly. At this point, the gun gets placed back into his waistband. He hands Diana the teddy bear, pats her head like a fucking puppy, then gets up and walks away to look out the window. When he looks out the window, we get a street view from Detective Tapp's camera. And when he zooms in, we can see the bully in black is Zepp. Hendel, the creep from the hospital. Detective Tapp whispers, I see you. Does Dr. Gordon know you're home with his wife? As the shot pans out more, we see that the detective is not observing from the street, I thought possibly from his car, but from a TV in an apartment across the street. We can see this apartment is decorated heavily in pics and newspaper clippings of the jigsaw case. He sits down saying he, too, is waiting on the good doctor and that he never should have let him go. I have a note. Yeah. The text of the newspaper clippings on Detective Tapp's wall have nothing to do with their headlines. (laughs) For example, one of the articles is about Stanley Kubrick. All right. Pretty cool. Detective Tapp is thinking back to all the wild-ass crime scenes and what these victims went through. It's obvious he's got his eyes set on Dr. Gordon as the jigsaw murderer. My mind's screaming because there are two victims across the street right now, and if he had zoomed in past Zepp, he might have fucking seen them. Just my observation. Instead, he just keeps repeating to himself, I never should have let you go. This is why it's always important to keep an open mind. (laughs) The detective is still thinking back to the time he had spent with Dr. Lawrence Gordon. He's dropping him back off at home. Both men are awkwardly sitting together in the car. Dr. Lawrence looks shooketh and Detective Tap has a look of skepticism on his face. Before he exits the car, Dr. Gordon, avoiding eye contact at first, just says that was an amazing story that poor woman told. Before looking up at the detective, who only nods. After getting out of the car, Lawrence leans in. He goes through the window and apologizes for not being of more assistance to the investigation. Detective Tapp follows that with, you know, we arrested a dentist last week. He liked to play with kids a bit too much awkward yep he lived two blocks from here the sewer lines run under this neighborhood to doctor i was like that's just some heavy shit to lay on he's somebody. never even said anything like about that. him being like a uh, fucking no the doctor looks appalled before he turns to head home suddenly the screen flashes again 
And we're left looking at the jigsaw puppet in that hazy look on the, oh, the hazy look on the TV, like when it's all snowy, which is located right next to a Krispy Kreme donut box. Mm. I think we're back in Detective Tap's dank ass apartment or possibly a cluttered office at the police station. I don't truly know. We're honestly probably still in the warehouse. (laughs) Either way, he's playing Amanda's tape. The jigsaw explains the game she's about to play as the video continues to explain the reverse bear trap. Which These I thought, were so every silly time you to say me. reverse, I'm like, she's about to say reverse cowgirl. Right? That's where my brain wants <laughs> to go. You know what reverse makes me think of? All those trends for so long, they would have reverse everything. Uh-huh. Reverse tie-dye or anything was like, you're supposed to do it the backwards way and that's the better way. Yeah. It would annoy me. <laughs> A bunch of detective-looking guys flood what we can now see looks like the precinct. He just keeps replacing parts of this video trying to find, or replaying, not replacing, replaying parts of this video trying to find something he missed. His partner, Detective Steven Singh, looks over at Tap with true concern in his eyes and his voice. He invites Tap out for beers at the grill with the other guys, but Detective Tap politely declines. He just keeps rewinding and replaying this fucking video. Detective Singh then stands next to him, hands on his hips, and slowly says, I don't mean for this to be disrespectful, but maybe you should find yourself a girlfriend. They both chuckle at this, and Singh stands for a bit as Detective Tap is scrubbing this damn video. He then goes on to, or he then goes to leave before Detective Tap quickly calls him back. Detective Singh reluctantly replies by groaning and shuffling back, and he notices a gang sign for K2K spray painted on a wall in the background of the video. Detective Singh states K2K's territory only ran four blocks. Detective Tap also hears an alarm faintly in the background, and he tells Detective Singh to check all of the fire emergencies that occurred in that area in the last two weeks. Detective Tap is fucking pumped now. He growls when he tells Detective Singh to go right now. When they pulled that map out, it was a map of Washington, D.C., by the way. So now we know where they are. But not really. That's just what they had on hand. (laughs) They start going through the info for a building on their radar. Singh Singh tells Tap, I don't know where I was going with that, that on the other night of Tuesday the 17th, they had an alarm go off in the rear wing of 213 Stygens. It used to be a mannequin factory. That's a little creepy. Singh questions whether or not they have enough for a warrant. Detective Tap stands up, puffs his chest out, and exclaims, Who said anything about a warrant? Like, dude, don't fuck your case up. This is a serial killer. Yeah, that's how you know it's going (laughs) bad. No warrants. Right? They head out at that very moment to check out the old factory. Poor Detective Singh is never going to make it to the grill. (laughs) they're cocking guns and tap is getting cocky as they pull up detective tap says at least we have the cover of darkness and level-headed Singh reminds him yeah well so will anybody else i feel like 
two cops is not enough to no. investigate a mastermind kidnapper. No. In a warehouse with all his booby traps. They bust their way into this building with guns drawn and Detective Singh is in the lead. Singh brought a very large gun. I don't know if it's a shotgun. I don't know guns. Tap looks like he's holding a standard issue handgun and they de- these detectives start slowly making their way through the building in a shuffling back-to-back tango. As they enter a caged area, they come across several items covered in red fabric. So when they went into that cage, I was like, that is the worst thing you could do. I thought they were going right? to get locked in the yes. cage. Yes. Like, why would you put your... Send one. Especially both of you yeah. together. The first item Detective Tappan covers is a diorama of the bathroom scene created for Adam and Dr. Gordon. They both move together to uncover yet another item, this one being the jigsaw puppet. I had read initially those two were supposed to be stuck in an elevator instead of a bathroom. Oh, yeah, I did read about that. Would've that would have been less fun. In an yeah, elevator. the bathroom was so. You can't do too like much. They would have been rescued eventually in an elevator, unless it was yeah, an abandoned you place. Like crawled out, climbed up the shaft. I don't know. The bathroom was just so weird. Yeah, that's why it's good. Okay, when they uncover the jigsaw puzzle, a uh, puzzle puppet. <laughs> My heart actually dropped at that moment, just because I don't have a it's thing scary. for creepy ass dolls. Laying next to the puppet is that horrible, hairy pig mask. That scared me. Yes. As Detective Tap leans to get a closer view, a moan and movement come from yet another covered surprise located right behind Detective Tap. I, too, died a little bit um, in that moment as well. I would be terrible in this scenario. I wouldn't have even gone in the building. No. (laughs) I would have sent in the reinforcements. I feel like I would just be shooting anything that moved. Yeah. Detective Singh shouts, oh, fuck, and races over to help uncover whatever it is. Beneath this red sheeting is a man making muffled sounds from behind a taped mouth. He seems to be shackled into some kind of device. Something starts whirring and a door from behind opens. Both men turn with their guns drawn and start arguing about what to do next. But Jeff, played by Ned Bellamy, the man strapped to the chair, is clearly alarmed and trying to warn them about something with his muffled cries and shifting eyes. They decide to instead to cover Jeff back up. They race around covering everything that they had uncovered. And then they quickly try to find a hiding spot as the open elevator makes its way up to the floor. A cloaked human makes his way through the area, checking things out, ignoring... Hey, the cloaked jigsaw wears in the film is actually turned inside out. Oh. Why? Because they wanted it to be red? <laughs> You're the one who printed out these notes. You fucking tell me. I don't know what I read, though. So this guy in the cloak, uh-huh. I'm like... Is this I know what you did last summer? Because <laughs> how is this guy wandering around outside in this cloak? Mm-hmm. No like, one finds that suspicious. He could have showed up with no disguise on. Mm-hmm. Why would you put that cloak on? So we're just saying suspicious now? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. Because the kids say sus. Oh. oh. No, well, I don't say all that. Showing our age. <laughs> They then quickly try to find a hiding spot as the open elevator makes its way up to the floor. Okay. Where is he getting all this velvet? Like he goes to the fabric store and he's like, 
I need nine yards of velvet. All the velvet. Because <laughs> everything is velvet yeah. in that place. He does have quite a bit. All right. He's ignoring Jeff's moans for the moment. When he does make his way to uncover Jeff, he only suggests a more powerful tranquilizer next time. He goes on to tell Jeff not to cry. He's given his life a greater purpose. You're a test subject for something greater than yourself. It's this moment our detective busts out on the floor screaming, freeze, police, don't move. Singh is screaming at the assailant to put his hands in the air. This motherfucker instead steps on a large red floor button. You know, the kind, the ones they say, do not push. I thought they were like the ones at the dentist. I'm like, where do you see these big buttons It was at? just a big, ginormous <laughs> red button. What was that game? No whammies when you hit the big red button to stop the thing. Press your luck. Oh, press oh, your luck. I'm thinking yes. of the whack-a-mole. No, that's not it. There's another one where you whack it with a hammer at Gaddy's. And, yeah, that's um, kind of like whack-a-mole. It's whack-a-mole, pretty yeah. much. Unless you're talking about the one where you try to hit it as hard as you can. It goes ding. Oh, I think that's what I'm game. thinking of. So now drills start whirring and Jigsaw states, now you'll make a choice. In 20 seconds, the life of this man will be ended. The detectives start shouting at him to turn it off. <laughs> and poor Jeff is just laying there, unable to move. And he's shouting through his tape. What a shit spot to be in, huh? Yeah, poor Jeff. Like, you're just fucking laying there. I want to know why couldn't they unplug the machine? It's got to be plugged in. I think at in. some point they tried to find the plug. Tensions are super high at this moment. So is my fucking anxiety. How long do they have, he said? 20 seconds. Yeah, no, you don't have time to look no. for anything. Only Detective, if you're Amanda. Right. Detective Tap yells to Sing, stop that thing. I'm taking this bastard down. Sing throws Tap his big gun and then stands there for a moment before asking, how do you turn it off? Detective Tap screams at Jigsaw, tell him how to stop it, asshole. And with all this tension in the air, our guy Jigsaw is the coolest fucking cucumber. He starts in with his monotone bullshit. One key will unlock it. Singh screams, where is it? And he's told it's in the box. Detective Singh grabs the box and inside is a large ring of keys. What's in the box? I was he's just thinking right. that. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> he starts trying them one by one. He's asking which key. Trap screaming at Jigsaw. Tell him which key. Y'all, I am so stressed at this moment. Jigsaw calmly states, time's running out. And Trap tells him to shut up. The assailant continues, what's more important, officer? Arresting me or the life of another human being? Detective Tap then grabs Jigsaw, forcing him down on his knees and tells him to place his hands behind his head. Detective Singh is still struggling with these keys and Tap calls Jigsaw a sick bastard and the killer agrees that he's sick. Singh is still screaming for Tap's help, informing him there's a bunch of keys here and Jigsaw is monotonously droning on about how he is sick of the disease eating away at him inside all the while there's a drill on either side of jeff's melon and they're working their way closer and closer this is like the longest 20 seconds of my life yeah that went 
for a while. Jigsaw still continues. He's sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. Sick of those who scoff at the suffering of others. At this point, Detective Singh has lost all patience with that damn key ring. He pulls his gun out and starts shooting at the machine, drawing Detective Tap's attention. As soon as he looks up and over at Singh, which is what we talked about, how they always get distracted, um, Jigsaw leaps from the ground and in the smoothest fucking movement, slices Detective Tap's neck, saying, I'm sick of all of it it's like a ninja right like that was i was so smooth so sick tap immediately grabs his neck and with the other utter look of shock detective singh having killed the drilling contraption runs over to assist detective tap you can tell he's struggling in that moment he doesn't know if he should help or run Jigsaw takes that moment to take a run for it. Detective Singh attempts to shoot him, but he sucks. Detective (laughs) Singh stuck having to make a choice. Go after Jigsaw or help Tap, who is covered in blood at this point. But Jeff survived. Who? The guy in the chair? Yes. So he survived? Yes. I think so. So at this point, I had an ADD moment. I had to go and look up. An adult will have approximately 1.2 to 1.5 gallons of blood in their body. Blood is approximately 10% of an adult's weight. If you lose more than 40% of your blood, you will die. That's five to six pints or two liters or half a gallon. Why did you go on this? Because I wanted to know how long Detective Tap had to cut. bleed okay. before he died. I think it depends on if they get the, the um, what's that artery called in your yeah. neck? Your carotid. Yeah. yeah. If still they don't the, get that. If you lay you there just, long enough and bleed, then yeah. you still die. Singh ends up leaving Trap, telling him he's going to be back. He takes off after Jigsaw with his gun drawn. He's running down these foggy corridors. I don't know why it's foggy. I wrote that. I was like, who installed these fog machines? There's always (laughs) fog in these moments. Jigsaw's meticulous. If you see fog, run the other way. That's right. That's all I'm saying. Don't go in the fog. Detective Trap decides he's not, or Tap decides he's not just going to lay around and die. He starts dragging himself across the floor. Singh comes around the corner upon the suspect and yells to him, freeze or I'll shoot. Jigsaw doesn't know the term. He takes off running down another hallway, a trashy alley. It looks like an indoor trashy alley. I don't understand. I think they were trying to do a trashy alley, but we're still in in the the warehouse. warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. When Detective Singh fires his gun, actually dropping his target flat to the ground. Detective Singh is in shock. He can't believe he actually hit the guy. He starts slowly approaching the villain on the floor. Detective Tap has made it to his feet. He's still working on making his way out of the building. And I guess Jeff's just chilling at this point. He's going to become Jeff. Possibly in pee-pee pants? I don't know. Like Definitely. He's just- pee-pee and poo-poo pants yes man detective seeing still walking down the long hallway when the camera zooms in on a trip wire that is rigged to a lot of shotguns it's a booba trap and of course Singh looks up just as his leg pushes on the wire and his head is instantly 
pulverized. This was so gory to me. This is one of the scenes that caused them to have that weird ass rating. Like I knew it was coming whenever I looked him up and I was looking up if they're in the other Saw movies. So I saw that he got shot, but it was still like really shocking to me. Yeah, it said that um, the MPAA originally rated the film NC-17 due to the film's tone. Director James Wan had to remove some contents to secure an R rating. Shots cut in the R-rated version, according to directors James Wan and Lee Wanell, included ones of Amanda sifting through intestines, Paul struggling through the razor wire, and some forensic ones. Mm. The color I feel was, like they still showed all of that. Yeah, well, it says the color was made more even and the sound was altered because the MPAA had problems with the tone of the original cut shown in Sundance. Hmm. That's a little weird, hmm? That is weird. It's still pretty graphic to me, the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, even if you close your eyes, like, you, you still fucking know. Yeah. I can't even say it now without hearing it. Dude, we have his, sugar ants. When his head exploded, I was just like, a lot of them. <gasps> Don't tell her that she's gonna freak out now. I keep killing them over it's here from it's the cookies. You left your cookies in here for a year. <laughs> well, now we know. No more cookies. <laughs> Fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, I'll put poison cookies out. Singh looks up. Okay, his brain's pulverized. His head explodes everywhere. There's brain jelly oozing on everything. And the rest of Detective Singh falls to his knees before falling to the floor. And as his body hits the floor, we can see the cloaked Jigsaw slowly pick himself up, dusting himself off a bit, and slowly limps away. That motherfucker was playing. Oh, he pretended to get yeah. It Detect- went over my head. Yeah, Detective Tops ping-ponging his way down the narrow staircase, and he can only moan in pain. He really does kind of resemble a zombie at this point. <laughs> Just as Tap makes it to the bottom of the stairs to sit, Jigsaw's making his way out the door. When Detective Tap is able to look up, he sees what's left of Detective Singh lying on the floor. He reaches out his hand towards his fallen partner with his mouth opened wide. I added this silly moment is so memorable to me when he just when he's standing there with his mouth wide open like Detective Tap. Yeah, like a stroke victim. I don't know. There was a lot of scenes and I don't feel like he's a bad actor. No, but they were bad. Like most of his scenes were comical to me. Yes. Like the acting and everything. Issue with um What's Adam, no, the other, the oh, doctor. Carrie Ellis. Oh my yes. god! Yes, or scenes. when Adam started all his whining. Yeah, a lot of that. That and it didn't ruin the movie for me. It just made it well. I feel comical like it's because they couldn't. They didn't have so many takes. Yeah, like they just had what they had, and that's that. I don't dislike it. No, it's funny to mm-hmm. me. When you're acting so bad, it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all of Danny Glover's parts, like when he's like gagging and dying or whatever uh-huh. i don't know it was just funny <laughs> what did you do before you watched this movie <laughs> at what point do you think he realized that he really fucked up like going to the warehouse i don't yes, think he-, he had his partner but they were going after a killer with like no backup and then your partner dies 
I don't think he ever realized he fucked up. I think and he you just should was probably be dead. Blinded by I'm gonna get this guy mm-hmm. so much to the point when you get to the apartment point. I don't think that that was like a sting. Yeah, I think he rented that apartment and lived in it. Yeah, no, it, it really did say that he did that. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, no, he was already like he got fucked up after his partner died, so he really did like rent out. A shitty ass apartment directly across the street from the doctor because he swore that's who the killer was. I bet that's really happened to police before. Like you oh, get yeah. that obsessed. Lose like everything. I get that obsessed with stuff I read online. And where the fuck is Jeff? So <laughs> you know Can later we get that on a shirt. Where the fuck is Jeff? I do want that on a shirt and <laughs> I know the answer. He becomes Jeff the killer. <gasps> mm. The no sleep story. Oh, Jeff what? the Killer. Oh, are you fucking with? <laughs> Get the fuck out gotta, of here! You gotta Google it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Now it's obvious some time has passed. I'll send you a copy. The camera zooms in on Detective Tap's healed scar on his neck. We're back in his trashed apartment. He's rambling about how they had him before he gets up, stepping over all kinds of bullshit to stand in front of crime scene photos. Just when I think my house is cluttered, I see a scene like this and I feel just fine. Definitely. Okay, he's standing in front of the crime scene photos and he starts talking about closing the case. And then you realize how truly gone he is. He starts telling Singh that they're going to close the case. But Singh's song is over. (laughs) He's dead dead. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You like that one? I I liked it. That's because I'm funny, bitch. It's funny. (laughs) <laughs> sing song no one over here is laughing <laughs> you weren't listening she oh, doesn't laugh I was. she doesn't cry zip <laughs> she's a stone zip. i don't know I'm a psychopath zip is sitting in front of a computer monitor watching the guys in the bathroom of horrors while watching a timer that is currently counting down from three hours and 52 minutes I truly forgot about these guys for the last 20 seconds was seriously intense. I don't feel like even as interesting as it is, I could sit there and watch that for four hours. No. I'd be like, I'm going to get a book. Yeah. Well, and we see eventually he's got other shit happening. Yeah. Dr. Gordon is still searching the room for an ex when he stops to ask Adam what he's hiding off to his side. I'll tell you. It's the picture of the doctor's captured family. Adam ignores the question. These two have already gotten on each other's nerves. You can tell. Adam informs the doctor, just because I'm stuck in a room with you does not mean I report to you. Every 10 seconds. Oh, it's like it's his girlfriend. Right? Lawrence doesn't see the point of them not helping each other. Adam asks, what do you want me to do? I'm on a leash. Then my brain cut to Freak on a Leash by Corn, which came out in 1998, not 1994, which is when I thought this fucking movie came out. Nope, that'd be 30 years ago. <laughs> right? Right? Dr. Lawrence thinks they should have better communication. Now he's a it's marriage like counselor. Boyfriend, girlfriend fighting. Dude. He doesn't want to be kept in the dark on what Adam is thinking. Har har. Adam has an epiphany and tells Dr. Garden, Gordon Garden, to turn the lights off, but he adds, please. The doctor wants to know why, and Adam asks him, 
again to turn them off for a second. Dr. Gordon complies, turning the lights off with a smug scowl on his face. It doesn't take long before an X appears behind the doctor's head on the tiled wall. To me, it just looks like someone cleaned an X on this dirty-ass wall. Yeah. And watching this, I was like, I do not remember what's in this X. No. At all. No. I watched this whole movie. I've probably seen this movie three or four times. And I still watch, not for the first time, but it was almost like watching it for the first time. Oh, it was for me. Even watching, like, I watched it to the end because I needed to know what happened. Even though I already fucking knew. Yeah. But I didn't. (laughs) There was a lot that I forgot. Glow in the dark paint? Question mark? Is that what it was? Yes. I get, unless it's urine. Doesn't no, uh-huh. urine doesn't glow in the dark. It glows under a black light. Well, like I said, to me it just looked like be it was blood. Washed. Oh, that's that's black light too. But blood, it showed up semen, white. And urine is the black light. Anyways, Doctor Gordon turns the lights back on, picks up the hacksaw, and starts going out the wall with the handle. Inside the wall, he finds a small locked box. When he turns around with this box in his hands and looks at Adam, his eyes look fucking wild. Dr. Warden sets the box on the floor. Like, he looks like he's slowly losing his mind. Yeah. He asks Adam to give him the key from his envelope. He's now able to open the box. Inside is a cell phone. This is the cell phone I was telling you about. Everybody kind of went ape shit about. On the display screen... It shows the date, 9-10-2001. And initially, people thought they set it up like that on purpose. Like, basically, these two guys would strive to live only to, like, have 9-11 happen the very next day. Oh, that's but, an interesting theory. And people ran with this fucking 9-11 shit for a minute. But it truly just has something to do with, like, when you reset a phone, it just resets to one one. one or some shit like that and they didn't think about that yeah so it was like however long they had it they don't they didn't give two shits about a date yeah it just happens to be the date that was caught on that cell phone and people fuck it and but i love stuff like that that people pick up have like a freaking i don't know 75 inch tv how big is this fucking tv and i still could not see the date on this screen. I only knew about oh, it from my notes. For it. So I tried to like truly like hone in and I could barely read. It was like a shitty ass Nokia flip phone screen. I don't know how people see that stuff. But yeah, that was one of the big things. But just so y'all know, it doesn't mean shit. I feel like Jigsaw like meticulously planned these things out so hard. Yeah. And it's like, y'all did an escape room, right? Mm-hmm. Like... When we did it, we needed little nudges and yeah, stuff to we, figure I it out. I think there was one where we did the one when we went to Florida and we did like to get out of the first fucking room. We yeah. were just like, but it had something to do with like the gun had a laser beam thing on it and she had to cock it right or something. I like had you, already tried to do that. Yeah. Though. You wouldn't even fucking know unless we asked for a nudge. But that's the thing is like Jigsaw's watching these people do this. He meticulously planned this out at his doctor's appointment, at his warehouse. Right? (laughs) And for these people, for you to be watching them on the screen and then to like not notice there's a tape recorder on the dead body, you'd have to get over the speaker and like (laughs) nudge them, I would think. I don't know. I feel like it would be very not satisfying to watch hours of this person not discover all your little things, like the wallet picture. Right. Like... 
I feel like if I were him, I would have done jumped up off the fucking floor and been and tell like, him. get it together. <laughs> it's right here. That's right. I don't know that. But ultimately, he, ultimately, he just wants them to die anyway. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah but you planned all these things, so you want them to see all these things you planned and then die but, but i feel like if do you, you even give two fucks if they see it or if the cops see it oh i feel like if you put all those things out and they don't notice them you'd be like ha you're dumb and dead and dead <laughs> as long as someone That's what I would think. notices them like the cops find it and notice it that yeah. i think that would still count kids stick to puzzles adam chimes in that it's the most beautiful invention on this planet talking about cell phones i personally would have to disagree do you He's any of talking y'all about cigarettes no initially when he first pulls out the cell phone he tells him that is the number one or it's the most beautiful invention on this planet i wanted to know what you guys think is the most beautiful invention on this planet oh god what can you not live without your coffee warmer i was about to say coffee toilet paper socks lip gloss i think water filters are pretty great i couldn't live without my socks my feet are always cold i'll, I'll use my shirt to collect rainwater but i want lip gloss <laughs> my lips <laughs> Best get really invention ever or toilet paper what do you think crystal i said socks you would walk around in socks with my no toilet paper yeah, with that's dry the first lip. thing that came hey, to my mind you can use them socks as tp not your feet are gonna be cold <laughs> not crystal <laughs> okay. she'll be shitting all over just, herself not wiping i was she, just curious well, at take that her time off. what you guys thought would be the number one most beautiful invention on this planet that is a great question and i love it dr gordon goes on to pull out a cigarette with adam chiming in that it's the second most beautiful invention i would also have to disagree as someone who has tried to quit smoking Adam demands the cigarette. Dr. Gordon is appalled. Adam would put anything from that room in his mouth, and I agree. Luckily, there's also a lighter, which he throws to the side. At the bottom of the box is a note reading, Shh, doctor. The cigarettes are harmless, I promise. Smoking is only poisonous when it ends in bloodshed. Think about this. You don't need a gun to kill Adam. Adam, still jonesing for a smoke, has not shut up, and the doctor pauses for a moment before grabbing the cell to call the police. This old-ass fucking flip phone Nokia. I didn't know if you had notes on what kind of phone it was, Joel. No, I didn't have notes on that, but I do. You'll get to it in a minute about him using the phone, that any phone that you can turn on can call 911. Oh, I like, even learned how you can call if you can't call by just pushing the buttons. I didn't know that, but um, I do know that any phone, even if it's cut off, mm-hmm. not in service, you can still it'll, call 911. It'll call 911. I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. Very important to know. Yeah. Uh, he soon realizes the phone was only meant to receive calls, not make them. Then he states, this has happened before. Last night, after he finished at the hospital, he was walking to his car Felt someone else was there, and a camera flash goes off off screen. What does he mean? What happened before? Um, the phone making that sound like he couldn't make a call out, and it was oh, making when he was using the yeah. phone in the garage. Okay, yeah. So 
when he tried to use his cell phone in the garage. Uh, he is attempting to leave the parking garage. It's locked up and the service telephone has a busy tone. On the screen is one of those angled security mirrors. And in the mirror, we see the doctor's car parked. Then we see the back doors open. This is one of those things that I love about the movie. Um, when I was saying like the different ways the scenes are shot. It was like this entire time you're watching this whole scene play out by looking at one of these security mirrors. You know what I mean? It was just a different angle. It was something different, I guess. To and me. I, I think that kind of went into they had trouble editing and they didn't have enough shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they had to. But it fucking worked. Like, yeah, it was cool. I, I liked, liked it. it. I liked I liked watching from all the different angles. Like you got the angle from the killer. You got the angle from the shitty screens. Like all of it. They got kind of lucky with that stuff working. Yes. In yeah. I feel like it was one of those like they just got out of film school. They wanted to try all the things yeah. in one movie and it works for their sake. Fucking worked. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the movie, the pig mask villain is climbing out of the back seat onto the ground. And when that mask peeks around the car door, my heart stopped again. It's, it's scary. They wanted to have the killer to have some sort of mask. And after some discussion, the idea of Jigsaw wearing a rotting pig's head was chosen to symbolize his pessimistic view of the world and the disease that he was rotting from. And I feel like if you were going to go kidnap someone. Well, because, okay, Zep's face is not fucking scary. No. Like, if Zep came at you. So I would that just was be Zep? Like, I believe so. I believe, like, any time he had to physically go after anybody, I believe it was Zep. Because I don't believe that he, like, he's, he couldn't do it. He was too no. sick. Yeah. I think it was Amanda. Oh. Could have been. I feel like whoever. But that would be breaking into the second one. I feel like whoever it was, though, like, why would you put on... Amanda was the one in the mask, the second one, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why, I, that's why I think. It could have been. I mean, she could have been playing her shit then, too. But if you were going to go kidnap someone, I feel like that would be so noticeable in a parking garage. Like, if you just went in as a normal person, because they got to mm -hmm. inject them with drugs. Yeah. So they've got on this crazy pig mask. Oh, yeah. You're talking about, like, it would draw attention. Yeah. More so than just looking like... If you were, like, a pretty... Carol from pretty around the normal, corner. Yeah. Carol from around the corner came mm -hmm. up. She could inject you right in the next with the drugs, and you no. wouldn't know. And now you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be easier to drug someone as a regular person or a pretty woman or a handicapped person who needs help, like a guy... In a van moving furniture. Right. Was she like Or someone a, who needs help <laughs> finding their puppy. Was she like a great big fat person? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what I had written down. It was important. That was terrible. That was a terrible <laughs> scene. Sorry. Not important. I'll cut, it, I'll cut it out for you. No, it's funny. Leave that in there. The doctor pulls a cell phone out to make a call and his phone isn't working. This is when he hears the noise. He has his back turned to the slinking swine behind him. When the creature comes to the front of the car, it finally stands and attacks just as the doctor starts to turn around. And that's when we get that crazy attack camera motion. Yeah. Now back in the dank and dirty real world, the doctor has come to the realization that thing was waiting for me. Then he asks Adam, how did you know to turn off the lights? Adam says, who cares? It worked. Then he throws out instinct. The doctor isn't buying it. He tells Adam he's a terrible liar. Adam is offended. He's like, you don't know me, bro. And the doctor is annoyed at this point, telling Adam, just stop it. 
you knew to turn off these lights. Adam says, you want to know? He's asked you like thrice now, sir. So he wants to know. Yeah. Adam pulls the picture from the tub, throws it to the doctor. He leans out to retrieve it with a loose tile and sees the image of his kidnapped family. Adam tells him how he found it in his wallet. Dr. Gordon wants to know why he didn't show him sooner and Adam only apologizes saying he couldn't. The doctor is trying to control his emotions, but the struggle is real. He screams out at the camera, what are you doing to them, you bastard? With spittle flying from his mouth. I don't remember when we had the conversation about spit, but this was that moment. How do you act that out? <laughs> it was in, um, I know what you did last summer. Right? I think so. He's just spitting everywhere. Dr. Gordon starts to gather himself in his thoughts. He thinks back to his own hidden note about how to kill Adam. He looks at the coagulated blood on the floor, remembering what was said previously about the suicide before him. He then picks up the cigarette, dips the filter in the blood on the floor, and where did my paper go? And then he stands. Adam's asking what he's doing. He says nothing, only looking at the camera before turning off the lights. All of this is being observed by the kidnapper. As we can see, he's quite alarmed when the lights go out on his shitty monitor. Adam asks again, what the hell are you doing? The doctor shushes him and Zepp has to lean into his screen to listen. Just after the doctor tells Adam that he wants him to play along, but he can't hear anything himself. The light is turned back on and Dr. Gordon asks Adam, you still want that cigarette? Adam says, yeah. Instead of giving Adam the blood dip cigarette, he gives him the other one. And this is when I realized he actually had two cigarettes. He tosses the cigarette and lighter to Adam. Adam lights it, enjoying it at first before taking a second drag and doing the worst acting of death by poisoning I've ever witnessed. It was so bad. No one would ever <laughs> fall for that ever. Once he's still on the floor, Dr. Gordon turns to the camera and says, I've killed him with the poison, just like you wanted. Now where's my family? The scene in which Dr. Gordon turns off the lights and whispers to Adam was written differently in the script. The characters were to cut open opposite ends of a long pipe with their hacksaws and speak through it. <laughs> this sequence was actually shot but later cut because director James Wan decided that the characters being able to cut through a pipe made no sense if they could not cut through their chains. No shit. Imagine talking. Who would they be? They're talking to each other? Each other across the room so they wouldn't be heard whispering. Oh my God. That's a fucking <laughs> I wish they would have put it in there because it's hilarious. Right. <laughs> that's one of those where I'm glad they thought about it first. <laughs> Suddenly, there's an electrical buzzing sound. Adam starts flailing and grunting on the floor. He sits up saying, Jesus Christ, I just got electrocuted. Dr. Gordon only looks annoyed, scolding Adam. That was our way out. Adam only stares, screaming, Did you hear what I said? He starts trying to get his ankle chain off and keeps repeating, Get it off me. Dr. Gordon tells him to stop acting. Adam says, you think I would make this shit up just to mess up your stupid fucking charade? That's enough. Or Dr. Lawrence responds by saying, that's enough. Then sits on the floor. I thought he was going to sit and pout. 
But he starts sawing at his chain with the hacksaw with no luck. He gives up, throwing the saw to the wayside. Adam's propped up against the wall, watching all of this go down when he says, I remember everything now. I remember how I got here. Adam's walking down a hallway to his apartment. He enters, throwing his keys on the table. He stares in the fridge for a bit. What made me laugh was thinking about him being a badass walking around like that. He's listening to a Walkman uh-huh. C- CD player. Yeah. Like clipped to your belt. Yeah. <laughs> a old, giant super CD player. <laughs> he enters his dark room slash film processing room. I don't know what the proper terminology is for I think it's it. It's a dark, dark room. A dark okay. Room. They have those in movies so much, but how many people have you ever known to have one of those? Not I think a single Mace has one. one. I've been in it. A school, but not a person. Not a person. Not a single one. Ever. He hangs up a photo he has been processing. It's a photo of Dr. Lawrence Gordon. And then the screen goes dark. At this point, I was like, there's 40 more minutes. What the (laughs) fuck are they going to do for 40 minutes? And then all the shit happens in the last 10. Yeah, you're right. Adam wakes up in his dark room. The lights in the room aren't working and he picks up a flashlight and that doesn't work either. Here's a door close and goes to check. He asks, is someone there? Then takes a picture with his flash for light. He says, I can hear you and takes another picture. There's nothing there. Snaps a couple more photos and sees nothing. Then he hears a creepy electronic laugh. Turns around quickly. He sees the saw puppet, Billy. How scared would you be taking flashes in your house? That alone would terrify me. So scary. Well, we have flashlights now on our phones. Yeah. And he sees the saw puppet on a chair. He then destroys it with a bat. He hears another noise and asks, who's that? And he yells, come out. I'll kill you, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Man, always ready to talk a big game. He opens a door and takes a flash picture and standing there is the pig creature. Hate it. And we cut back to the bathroom and the cell phone rings. Dr. Gordon answers, who is this? It's his daughter. She says, daddy. By the way, this little fucking kid. So annoying. Oh, I put that she was a better actor than Carrie Elwes in this movie. (laughs) All she did was whine the whole time. Daddy. Daddy, she's daddy, still help better than me. a lot of the other acting. Hey, she had real tears. Fucking annoying. He, uh, she annoyed me. I also, and you agreed with me earlier, so I don't yes. know why you're disagreeing we, now. We both just hate the sound of whiny ass children. Oh, uh, same. Because even when Adam starts like whining Adam out at the very end whiny. of this, I was just like, dude. And Chris was like, you're gonna miss the best part. And I was like, this dude just, he just keeps fucking whining. Like, I, I, I wrote down, slap him. How whiny he was. I also wrote down that Carrie Elwes' eyes are as blue as his shirt. It's important. Well, they, they're they very predominantly blue because his face is so fucking dead. And the purple eyeliner. And <laughs> the purple eyeliner. <laughs> I also like how his nickname is Larry. Dude. It's such an ugly so nickname. So I made a note about that. I was like, they give him... This big prestigious name, but his Larry. wife calls him Larry throughout the whole movie. And her name is Allie. I know, and that fucked me up too because their kid has like a grown ass woman name. Diana. The, oh oh, I didn't even notice her name. You're the only person I know that has like a nickname. Like yeah. Crystal is just Crystal. Yeah. You don't have a nickname like K. Yeah. Kri. Do you call her a nickname? 
Does anyone call you a nickname? No. I call her wife. But not Allie. Mm-mm. Larry. Baby. Honey. You gotta start calling her Cuh. Cuh? <laughs> I won't answer. That's her What was it? Y'all called her... Oh, y'all called her Crystal Method. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like Justin, like I don't call him Just or Jay. Like yeah. I call him Justin. I don't know. I think the nicknames are silly to me. That's that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> it's important. I don't know. I've, I've just grown up with Ani being my nickname for so long. Like That's people, a good one, though. People usually get just have an easier time with that than they do Andrea. Even though I listened to a podcast today with my fucking name in it, and it fucked me up hard. Andrea? Yes. It was a 12-year-old girl that got murdered named Andrea. Hmm. I know. Carry on. It's important. <laughs> I told you to stop fucking saying carry on like you're allowing <laughs> me to speak. I'm not. I'm just like, excuse me and my nonsense. That's what I mean. He tells her everything is going to be okay. He asks, talk to mommy. She says the bad man from my room is here and they're tied up and he has a gun. The bad man puts Allison on the phone because do we know who the bad man is yet? We don't, right? They yeah. showed him, didn't they? Yeah, they already showed his face by then. Okay. But it's up. I know who it is. I just didn't know if I... Is yeah, this when they still have it. the gags in their mouth? Because those gags, yeah. I'm like, those... They were so loose. Don't work. Who no. would ever use that for a gag? So Zep puts Allison on the phone. She asks if Adam is there and not to believe his lies. He knows you. He knew all about you before today. And then they get disconnected. Adam says, I'm a liar. What did you do last night, Lawrence? Work at a hospital saving sick children? You told me that after you left your house last night, you went to work at a hospital. Larry says, that's the truth. Adam says, no, it's not. Your wife is right, Larry. You don't recall getting your picture taken in that parking lot? And then we flash back to Larry walking through the parking lot. Adam says, I can prove that you didn't go anywhere near a hospital last night. He pulls out a stack of photos from the bathtub and throws them at Larry. He says, it's not the first time I've done it either, Larry. I've been taking pictures of you for a few days now. And then Larry asks why, and Adam says, you want to know what I do? I get paid to take pictures of rich guys like you who go to seedy, out-of-the-way motels to fuck their secretaries. Okay, so this part is about to get super messy, but I truly thought, like, his wife was getting ready to fucking divorce his ass. Oh. For real. Like that she was, was paying him. Yeah. Like, I thought she was, like, getting him followed. I was interested in his metal briefcase because I've never seen one of those in my life, <laughs> in real life. Maybe that's... What's he carrying around? He's doctor. Doctor files. <laughs> Patient files. All the way to home. Yeah. Change of clothes. Hopefully condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I went to your house and watched you leave. What? I followed you all the way to that shitbag hotel. <laughs> Larry asks, you've had these with you the whole time? The pictures? Adam says he found them with the hacksaws. He doesn't know how they got there. Larry says he's full of it. And Adam asks Larry what he did in that motel room. I have he a question. He got out of there pretty fast. About the shit motel. Does he have the secretary pay for this motel? Who's paying for this shit motel? Probably him because he's a doctor. And it's probably pretty cheap, like 30 bucks. Back you think then. he just rents it on the weekends or something? Probably by the hour. Mm. It's one of those hourly motels. It's seedy. 
I could not disrobe in that nasty motel. No. Hotel, Holiday Inn, whatever it was. It's a hotel, motel, Holiday yeah, Inn. Yeah, that's where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, because I was like, I was like, please tell me he doesn't. This looks like it was paid for by a secretary's income. So I was like, is he getting hurt? No, you go to the cheap to ones pay for because the rooms? you don't want people to see you. So they're in I a guess. bad area, right? I don't know anyone in any hotels. I don't either. So, <laughs> Crystal, you want to weigh in? I don't know anyone in motels. <laughs> I, I don't know how this a, works. A hotel, it's a motel. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, no, I think motels have the doors on the outside. He calls it a motel. Oh well, but he says they didn't even have sex. Doesn't he say that during the movie? He says he the leaves. last time. Yeah. The, like oh, that the last one time. time. Okay. I think he is feeling guilty, though, because his wife done jumped a shit and his kid this is, is having issues. Not that deep of a movie. No. I don't know why no. I'm asking all these we're things. We're over. We're, we're doing too much. This is what happens when you ask our ADD brains to overanalyze <laughs> a movie. Cut to Larry and his secretary in the motel room. He Larry. asked her why she paged him at home. She says she didn't know if he was going to make it. And he gave her a precise time to page him. He tells her she can't do that. She says she doesn't know the rules for this sort of stuff and starts undressing. He stops her and she asks him what's wrong. He says it was wrong of him to make her come there. He apologizes and gets up to leave when the motel phone rings. They both look at it and Larry asks she told anyone she was there. She says no. And then answers and says it's for him. He picks it up and says, hello. The voice on the other end says, I know what you're doing, doctor, and hangs up. Larry says he has to go and leaves. And we're back to the present. Larry asks Adam who it was that paid him to follow him. Adam says he calls himself Bob and gives him the money up front. 200 bucks a night. If he would have known he'd ended up there, he would have asked for more. Larry (laughs) wants to know if Adam saw what happened to him. Adam saw him get into his car, and that's it. He didn't ask his name, and he didn't know who he was. He doesn't know how they got there. He took the shots and went straight home to develop them. Next thing he knows, he's chained to a pipe in some prehistoric bathroom, staring at the guy he's been taking shots of. I feel like I would have told him that from the beginning. Adam knew who he was from the beginning. Yeah. But from the beginning, they're also told one of them has to fucking die. And you don't even know why because adam's so suspicious of him at the beginning that's what i was saying even when he said his name i was like is that even your name the doctor's supposed to kill adam yeah and neither one of them know why they're really fucking there because they're both liars yeah and they're not being honest with each other larry says whoever paid adam is the one who put them there he wants to know what he looked like adam says he's a tall black guy with a scar around his neck and And that's when you know Larry realizes it's Detective Tap. Adam says he's not a cop. Larry says, no, he was discharged from the police force. He broke down after his partner was killed, but he kept harassing Larry. He became obsessed and convinced himself that Larry was involved in the murders, and Adam helped him. Do you call him Larry through the rest of your notes? Do you have a problem with that? I love it. It's hilarious to me. I do love it. I love it so much. I wish I would have called him Larry throughout Larry, all Larry, of my notes. Larry, the whole fucking time. I call him it's the good doctor, Dr. Lawrence, Dr. Dr. Gordon. I was t- calling him Dr. Gordon, and then I stopped and started calling him Larry because it's shorter. Can you just I call feel him like it's- Dr. Larry? Nope, just Larry. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of degrading for him. It makes it me laugh. It is. Like the whole... I wanted to use Doctor because he earned that title, this fake character. (laughs) 
No, I like it. Larry. Adam took money from him to invade Larry's privacy. How could Adam do that? Adam says to call it his need to eat. You're not private in public. Larry says Adam's not a victim of the game. He's part of it. Adam says the cop thinks Larry is part of it. Larry says he told Adam he's not a cop. He's a bottom feeder, just like Adam. (gasps) Adam wants to know what Larry's more pissed off about, the fact that he took some shots of him or the fact that he took some shots of him while he was cheating on his wife. And Larry says, I did not cheat on her. That's why I want to know what he was doing. So mad. Well, he just said that night he didn't cheat. But they already had this whole, I call you, you page me at this time. Like, that's way too much fucking work if you're not getting any. Adam wants to know why Larry cares what he thinks anyway. He doesn't give a (laughs) crap if he covered himself in peanut butter and had a 15 hooker gangbang. What? (laughs) And then Larry flops to the ground. Allison and Diana are still tied up and gagged. When he says that, though, Larry almost looked like he was at some point guilty of a 15-person (laughs) gangbang. He did. Allison spits out her gag and asks Diana Diana if she's okay. She tells her to be strong and that she won't let anybody hurt her. Allison is trying to untie herself. Adam picks up one of the pictures off the ground and asks Larry if someone else was at his house last night besides his wife and daughter. Larry says no. Adam says there's someone in the photo and tosses the photo to Larry. Larry says he knows him. It's Zip. Cut to Zip watching Larry and Adam in the bathroom on computers. He's an orderly at Larry's hospital. Larry calls him a perverted little psychopath. He's going to take great pleasure in seeing him pay for this and calls him a bastard fuck. <laughs> Adam points at the clock and says, he uses "Look, bastard, quite a bit." But he said, "Bastard, fuck!" Like who puts those words together? I know, but he calls him like a bastard like six times. I but say yeah, it that now. does sound like some bastard shit, fuck, like my brother would say when he was just learning how to cuss. Oh, I say ass. shit, dick, ass, fuck. Sometimes I say <laughs> shit, fuck, but I think it's because they're so close to each other. Your oh mouth God, is you already have, ready to say it. You have me calling people shit, dick now, You're and welcome. when I call somebody shit, dick, then I get the look. Because then they have to think about it. Mm-hmm. What is a uh, shit dick? Right? Exactly. <laughs> think about it. I did not ever think All about right. it. You're welcome. Now you did. And then you get that look. And then they never look at you the same again. You're welcome. Again. All right, then. <laughs> Adam points at the clock and says, look, they're out of time. It's six o'clock. Cut back to Zep and the girls. Allison gets her hands free and Zep is grabbing his gun and loading it. Allison sees Zep coming and pretends to still be tied up. Zep says Dr. Gordon's time is up, and he has to do what he has to do. Them's the rules. And it has to be Allison who tells him he failed. The cell phone rings. Allison says, Larry, you failed. Then she grabs for the gun. She gets the gun from Zep and points it at him. She tells him not to move, stay on the ground, and give her the phone. Zep slides it to her. She picks it up while keeping the gun pointed at Zep. Larry asks if they're all right, and she says, no. (laughs) like fuck no such a conversation (laughs) no zep starts to get up and she yells at him to get back down she asks larry where he is and he doesn't know he's being held captive somewhere in a room larry says he's sorry and then the idiot child says mommy and distracts her and the zep goes for the gun larry is just hearing gunshots and crying at this point detective dap dap tap hears it too allison and zep are wrestling for the gun another shot goes off off tap grabs his gun and runs out 
A third shot rings out, and Larry has no idea what's going on. Allison grabs, what was it, scissors? Because I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, she grabs scissors out of her drawer. Scissors from her drawer and stabs Zip in the leg. Tap- it's like the one time you're kind of glad the cop was across the street. But yeah. he got there <laughs> so fast. In like five seconds. Yeah. There's no way your old ass ran up those Mm-mm. stairs that fast or Yay! got an elevator, or an elevator that no, fast. No. Tap runs in and yells, freeze. They're shooting at each other while Allison is trying to untie Diana. And all Larry can hear is shooting and screaming. And then he's just sobbing. I know. Allison's running around this room like there aren't fucking shots going off everywhere. Multiple shots. Like maybe just stay crouched next to the bed and just stay. Tap runs out of bullets and tackles Zep. Zep hits Tap with a vase and limps after Allison and Diana. Zep reloads his gun and calls out to the girls. Says he's going to kill Dr. Gordon now. Tap gets up and reloads his gun. Larry is still sobbing. And then he gets electrocuted. <laughs> Fucking Larry. So I read that that wouldn't work. The electrocution? Because there's no ground. It's ceramic tile. So it wouldn't be able to electrocute them. Plot hole. That's right. Okay, so I don't understand, but the chain is touching their skin. I don't know enough electricity to explain it, but I read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that the ceramic I, tile wouldn't let the electricity go through them because it won't ground. Like if you were um in the ground. I got you. It's not a, a conductor. It's an insulator or something like that. Okay. I don't know enough to explain it. <laughs> I don't know either. I'll just say it. Adam yells at Larry to get up. Zep and Tap are now in cars. Tap chasing Zep. Adam yells at Larry again and starts throwing pieces of tile at him. And then Larry wakes up. He says, he electrocuted me. Adam says, I told you the same thing happened to me. See, I wasn't lying. Right. (laughs) Larry yells, fuck this shit. Zep arrives at a warehouse with Tap right behind him. The cell phone rings again. I have a note. The car chase was filmed in the garage of the warehouse oh, by turning funny. off the lights, adding some fog, and shaking the cars while filming <laughs> from the front. <laughs> Cell phone rings again, but Larry can't reach it. I want to know how did it get so far away? Oh, when he, he got, got electrocuted. electrocuted. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't he turn that box a different, like flip it over and flop it that way? See, it was <laughs> never a problem to reach anything. In the whole movie, they they reached the body that was in the middle of the room. Yeah. But they can't reach the phone. Zepp and Tap are running through the <laughs> warehouse, shooting at each other. Larry's grabbing at his shackles, screaming, just screaming bloody murder. Takes his shirt off and wraps it around oh, yeah. his leg. He has lost his fucking shit at this point. But he doesn't even tourniquet it right. No. He barely wraps it. Yeah. He's not thinking properly at this point. Did and you see how pale, pale this man is? Before yeah. he saws his foot off. Oh, then he begins sawing his foot off. Above the cuff. Right? Uh, he loses a good six inches extra. Why? Why don't you give yourself a shimmy of an ankle? Adam is screaming. Tap catches up to Zep and they fight. They wrestle for the gun and it goes off hitting Tap right in the middle of his chest. Larry grabs the bullet on the ground. Tap falls and Zep gets away. Larry crawls to the gun and loads the bullet. He points it at points the gun at Adam and says, I'm sorry, and Adam is begging for his life, saying he wants to live. Larry shoots him and he yells, There, I've done it. Now show them to me. Back at Larry's house, Allison and Diane are okay, and the neighbors have called the police. 
Zepp opens the bathroom door. Larry yells that he'll kill him, and he starts shooting at him with a very empty gun. You bastard. He kicks it at him and tells Larry he's too late, and he asks why, and Zepp says, it's the rules. Adam grabs Zepp and brings him to the ground. They wrestle for the gun, Zepp Man, when Adam it. jumped up at this point, I was really happy. Same. Yeah. Adam punches Zepp, then grabs the lid to the toilet and beats Zepp to death. So when he is smashing Zep with the toilet lid, he's actually hitting a garbage bag full of fake blood. Larry stops Adam and tells him he will be all right. He's just wounded in the shoulder and Larry has to go for help. If he doesn't go for help, he'll bleed to death. It's he Larry. It so I'm worried about. I've got to go for help. <laughs> like, you'll bleed to death. Even with Adam help, getting I'll shot, to death. I'm not worried about Adam like I am about Larry. Larry promises to bring someone back. Adam searches Zepp's pockets for keys and he finds a tape recorder. I did not see that coming. He plays it. <laughs> it's the same voice that was on his and Larry's tapes. Zepp had a poison in his system yet again that Jigsaw had the antidote for. Will he murder a woman and child to save himself? He sure as fuck You'll be all right, though. You can wander around all willy-nilly with that poison inside you. How many days? Just fine. (laughs) How many days was he his minion before, like... Enough. Right? As Adam is digesting this information, the quote-unquote dead body on the floor gets up, and Adam is just staring at him open-mouthed. The body pulls the makeup plaster off his head. He tells Adam the key to the chain is in the bathtub. It's the same voice that's on the tapes. Flashback to Adam waking up in the tub and the lighted key going right down the drain. The man is John, the man from Larry's hospital with an inoperable frontal lobe tumor. And he is Jigsaw. Adam grabs the gun and Jigsaw electrocutes him. Do you think that's what makes him murderous because it's a frontal lobe tumor? Oh, that's a good question. That's always like if they get hit in the frontal lobe, any kind of frontal lobe injury. That's why I'm could asking. Be. I yeah. don't know. As J- Jigsaw is walking out, he uh, narrates, most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. Jigsaw turns out the light and shouts game over and shuts the door while Adam is screaming. This one I had to turn the TV off because this fucker was like whining and screaming prior to this because he didn't want to be left in the dark. And then a little bit for the credits, he's still screaming and then bite the hand that feeds by Fear Factory plays. So at the beginning of the film, Adam is informed via the cassette tape that he must free himself from his chain and escape the bathroom. Lawrence is informed that if he does not complete his game, then he will be left to die in the bathroom. The opposite fates befall or the opposite fates befall both characters at the end of the film. Cha-ching! That's that. That's that. According to a Reddit written by a lead forensic psychologist, this is from two years ago by the user Forgotten Shadowed. John legitimately meets the criteria for moderate to severe psychopathy Crohn's disease (laughs) in my extensive opinion John doesn't meet the criteria for antisocial personality disorder as he's not sociopathic psychologically charged to be reckless and ragefully wrathful alas he does engage in behavior which comes into contact with law enforcement he is more a highly functioning personality disorder individual HFPDI high functioning psychopath 
Furthermore, John seems to meet the criteria for sadistic personality disorder because he is not only fully aware of what his traps do to his victims, but that he intends to cause pain and suffering and grievous bodily harm to his victims. John enjoys watching and knowing his victims are suffering extreme pain and distress and causes many of them to die or hurt themselves. In summary, John Kramer Jigsaw is psychopathic, somewhat antisocial, and has moderate sadistic personality disorder features, comorbid to psychopathy. Psychopathy? Psychopathy. Psychopathy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Every time you said moderate to severe, my brain goes to all the commercials and it's always moderate to, <laughs> the side to severe Crohn's disease. Oh. <laughs> I That's always get funny. moderate to severe anxiety and depression. We did have an email also. Oh, oh good. Love it. I want Let's to hear go. the email. Yes, yes, of course. So this is from did you see saw at gmail.com. Did you see saw? Let's did see. you see saw? I did. So they said they've been reading about a Sopranos and Saw connection online. <laughs> Funny enough, because I just finished watching Sopranos. There we go. <laughs> Have a fan theory. Did you actually finish it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In 2023. Okay. <laughs> I finished it. Okay. So I just happened to be watching Sopranos so I can answer this email for you. All right. So far... On the show, Christopher was writing scripts and talking about making a mob movie here and there. I think he secretly wrote Saw. That's why he keeps bringing it up. He wants people to know, but he can't tell them. Jigsaw was actually a person on Sopranos working at a boot camp they were going to send their son to. His name was Major Swingley. Those letters can be arranged to spell Mr. Jigsaw Lino. <laughs> on the show... He also produced a movie called Cleaver, Christopher Moltisanti. All the Saw mentions were in 2006. Saw 3 came out in 2006 and had a character named Chris in it. Ken Long was also in 2007, the final season of Sopranos. And he was only in the first Saw. So there you go. They're connected. <laughs> Soprano, Saw, Saw. That's it. I don't even know. They all connected. I got you. It's important that people know. <laughs> you want me to leave that in there? Yeah. <laughs> Please. So just... what's next? Gremlins. Oh, awesome. I am excited about It's the Gremlins. Christmas movie that we were supposed to do a while back, but we had yeah. to take a hiatus because two thirds of the podcast are in the delivery service. <laughs> yes. We are in the delivery service. That's right. So stay tuned for Gremlins. Bye. You gotta say it. I'm gonna use it. Friends off topic. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Find us on Facebook so you can vote on the next movie every Tuesday and follow us on Instagram and TikTok so you can see clips and updates about the show. 